Three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 10th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Cards fans, incubate your inner entrepreneur with UofL's top-ranked innovation MBA in 12 months, gain the confidence and connections needed to spark your entrepreneurial spirit. Not say the word every single time. Entrepreneurial spirit. Learn best practices from their award-winning faculty, serial entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and national business leaders. Compete for thousands of dollars in startup funding and business plan competitions. Start your journey today by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. Streaming all over the land, you know us better as the big X. Mike Rutherford here, Trevor Kelsey here. Uh, my voice is almost back. It's still a little raspy. Probably going to take all week to get it back. The uh, the fall allergies not helping things, but we're almost back. I'm going to try very hard. We're going to try very hard today to not spend three hours just talking about Louisville Notre Dame and, and what happens. That, I mean, I, I how are you? It's been three days now. I'm still buzzing. Like I, I'm still floating. Welcome to my world. Well, <laughs> I'm not that type of buzzing. I'm not that type of floating. But I assume it feels just like that. It's very similar, yeah. It's, it's like it's like beating a top ten team at home. Where are you right now? I mean, are, are you kind of are you ready? Because we have to turn the page a little bit today. Because Pat Narduzzi said something that was, I think, not intended to be inflammatory, but got me going. We've got. Um, I mean, we ignored basketball yesterday. We had Kenny Payne talking, which is a very rare thing. Yeah, I still don't even really want to go listen. To I, I know. <laughs> I don't feel like it's. I'm right there so with depressing. you, but we we have a job to do. Basketball. I listened to the first like five or six minutes, and I just like I was like listening to it. And I'm like, I don't. Want to, I mean, I didn't even listen. I read two quotes, <laughs> and I was like, nope, not today. Not I. I can't, I can't do it today. So we've got that to talk about. He loves um, Sky Boy. He does. We've got <laughs> Nolan Smith talking and, and and shedding some light on what happened with the G League head coaching situation. We've got Mark Stoops saying stuff that saying stuff that made national news. So we've got to turn the page a little bit. But are you like me in that, you know, usually by the time we get to Tuesday, regardless of what happened on Saturday or Friday or whenever the last game was, I'm ready to flip the page. I'm ready to stop. Like, I still just I, I can't stop thinking about what happened Saturday night. No, I mean I don't want to. I, I don't have to flip the. I mean we flip the page when you lose that quickly. When you win and you have a win like we had, then you don't flip it until. Thursday, Wednesday, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday, Saturday at like one p.m. What time is the Pittsburgh game? 
Uh, that's a 6.30 kickoff on the, the CW. CW. CW debut. How can you not Coming get bumped Coming to that? the WB. We are going to go from being, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the numbers. Uh, we were the third most watched game in all of college football last weekend. And now we'll be the third most watched game on the you know, CW. 7.30 <laughs> on, we'll be the only game on the CW. 7.30 on ABC. Obviously, you're going to draw a solid crowd, and we did. We had, we had a nice little, uh, what, 5.12 million viewers. Watch the game. That's it. That's all. 5.12 million viewers. That, that's very good for a regular season college football game. Uh, third most watched game. Only behind the Red River shootout, as you might guess, uh, was the most watched game. Uh, that drew 7.87 million viewers. And then Alabama versus Texas A&M drew 7.23. Uh, Louisville was second, was third to just those. So we're going to go from that 5.12 million people watching us on ABC primetime to the CW. Twice as many watching us on the CW. What if we did do like 7.1 million on the CW next weekend? <laughs> Breaks it's like, damn! <laughs> People love Charmed. <laughs> they could not get enough of their CSI reruns. The CW shatters every ESPN <laughs> and ABC record. No, but that'll be an interesting... Uh, I think the CW, this, this last week was their first week carrying games, though, wasn't it? I think they had the first game two weeks ago. Oh, was it two weeks ago? Okay, I know there was a game on this week that I saw. And when I was flipping through the channel, so I thought maybe it was this week. I think it was, yeah, I don't even remember who it was now, to be honest with you, who was playing. Uh, yeah, they've had a few, actually. They, so they've been doing games since back in, <laughs> in September. They've, Who'd they've, have known? They've had a bunch of games. Um, yeah, so it's okay. Their first game, they had the uh, Virginia at Boston College back on September 3rd. Wow, wow, that's what, what a way, way, to, way to, to, to break the ice, huh? Dang, Louisville Pitt. We're, we're going to be excited. I mean, I mean, Louisville Pitt compared to that game, it sounds like the Super Bowl. The line is, I mean, very similar. I mean, it, it is strange to me. Like, you know, we're all sitting here saying we should win. We should win. We should win. The spread is dropped in favor of Pitt. Pitt is only a seven and a half point underdog. That's just one point fewer than we were an underdog against Notre Dame last yeah. week. And we definitely, you know, Louisville fans were not thinking like, well, it's just a game that Notre Dame should win. Notre Dame should win. They were thinking that. And look what happened. So, I think this is the case more of the Louisville still not getting respect it deserves. I think it's you the, saw ca- the same thing. With- I think it's the case of everybody looking at Jeff Brom's history and saying this is a classic trap game. Maybe. He has not handled these well over the years. They're too high. They're going to come down. And there's a part of me that's concerned, but that's that's a problem for later in the week. I mean, I'm sitting here talking about, I, I know we always do the thing when people are like, you've got to stay focused on the, on the game. And you and I are like, we don't play. You know, <laughs> what do you want us to do? Uh, I sometimes do. But <laughs> if it's so hard for us and everybody listening and all the people I've seen on social media to turn the page from what happened on Saturday night, you have to assume that it's also at least a little bit difficult for the players to to, to just completely put aside what happened, to move on, and to be fully focused on Pitt. There is definitely a very real part of me that is concerned about a letdown. And if it's a look, if it's a letdown, you have to hope that it's a you know we learned that lesson with a win, right? You know, we've had a couple of others those other games this season where we've said we haven't been ready to play or we we, you know, we didn't play as well in the second half, and we learned those lessons while still finding ways to win. And if that is going to happen on Saturday, which I hope it doesn't, I hope we just beat the brakes off Pitt, but if it does, here's hoping we can find a way to make those plays and, and win another close game. But I would think the we'll get more on, of that as the week goes on. You would, think, would you say maybe the fact that it is a road game would help the team refocus as opposed to being at home? No. I mean, to get away from the distractions of the pat, the, the butt slapping that is the, the win, that, getting over the win that still was Notre Dame? No. Okay. I think that it's going to be very difficult for them to find their own energy because, look, rain's in the forecast. It's 
exactly what we talked about this past week with Notre Dame. Why you hate road night games? Because it's you got to find stuff for the kids to do during the day. You, you have to map out a, a long like Pittsburgh, day plan. Got to be some kind of like historical place. Well, you're not going to go like sightseeing. It's game day. <laughs> but you've got to find. You, you have to keep tabs on the players. You you know, coaches love road games when it's a noon kickoff. Get in, get out, get get a victory. The late games, you love them at home. You don't like them on the road. This is a, a 6.30 game. It's an odd kickoff time. There's going to be not a whole lot of energy in that crowd. It's an NFL stadium without an NFL fan base. Uh, I would expect even fewer people to be there than normal because the team is bad and it's going to be rainy. So you've really got to be self-motivated if you want to go out there. And I would love for this to be a, a home game because I think the fan base can bring the energy and make sure that they don't overlook Pitt. But it's look, it's, it's a dangerous spot. But, again, we've got to, we, we have four days to get there. I was head coach. I let him sightsee. Well, that's why you're not head coach. That's that's why I'm more the Wade. The Phillips. only reason I'm the Wade Phillips. I'm the players coach. I don't know if you are. How was your uh, How was your Monday night, my friend? Did you watch any oh, of God. Packers Raiders? Unfortunately, yeah, I did. I, I watched mean, none of it. Talk about wanting to like sour the mood a little bit. Uh, it was it was not pretty football. It was, it was no. It was not. It was not good at all. It was like watching two fat kids try to run a mile. It was just pathetic. Uh, the speaking from personal experience, I, well, not Kyber made it to a mile, um, but that that was pretty much it. I watched that, but between that, I fell asleep during one of the matches on Raw. Woke up an hour later during, from you know a, a nap from a long deserved nap of waking up at two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and then watched uh, a couple of, couple, couple some Stranger Things, watched American Dad, and went back to bed. I like think you're doing the Stranger Things. I used to always do a kind of like a Halloweeny show. During October, I'm not or, a big like Halloween a, movie guy. I would do movies, but they, they they used to. There was a streak there where Netflix did a like they unveiled a like a short series every year that was kind of like a spooky, like the, the haunting yeah. of, of Hill House. I think was one year, and there were a couple more. Like I always kind of got into that. Stranger Things actually, I think, came out in October the first season. And the first couple yeah. episodes of Stranger Things, I remember thinking it was going to be like a, a a pretty scary show. The both both the both the first two seasons were Halloween. The yeah. third one was summer. And when was season? I don't know. Who cares? I forget. But I, I haven't done any of that so far this year. But you're you're into the spirit. Now you have you have watched all the Stranger Things of all, all. Oh yeah, four seasons. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm caught up. Or is it five seasons or four? I think it's five now, right? It's five. Yeah, you're right. Or is there going to be five? No, I think the last one was. If I'm on, I'm on season it's two, five. then the mall, then four. Yeah, then this five's coming up. Nice. They went for yeah. So it's yeah. It's I mean I've I've watched them all obviously. And I'm not binging them to like my normal binge to where I'm like I can watch the whole season in a night. I could, but I'm keeping it to like you know two or three, three two or three a night. Trying trying to pace myself. Well, that's that's nice. <laughs> Measured of you. You know, I, I'll you know if I get too like into it, I start thinking about baseball or something and uh, switch back. But then again, if I switch to baseball like last night, I'll get too excited because that was a hell of a finish. I assume you're talking about Braves Phillies. No, I'm talking about the Diamondbacks. Of course, I'm talking about the Braves and Phillies. Uh, it, that was I don't a, know how the Diamondbacks game finished off. I know the hey, I know my D backs are, are one game away from from moving on though. So you do know how it finished off. They they, they won four two. They did. I know they won. I just didn't. I turned the Braves game off when they were down four nothing, just assuming that it was it was over. And I I saw the highlight pop up on social media. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, like that's I, I can't imagine like. The, my my thoughts always initially go to immediately go to like what if the Reds won a game like that in the playoffs like would I, would I just die on the spot? Well, uh, you, no one will top my my memory of a walk off a World Series winning home run except for Bobby Thompson maybe. Do you remember that though? Like, were you too young? No, I remember still laying on the couch in my in my in the in, the, in my living room of the house I still live in, and being all upset. I mean, I was twelve years old, thirteen years old, so 
And I wasn't, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was ticked off. And I just remember our grandmother being like, they could still come back. And I'm like, no, they can't. <laughs> it's over. And they're putting in wild thing. <laughs> My uh, grandma being out, she's like, I think they might hit a home run. I'm like, nah, you're a crazy old woman. <laughs> but this is the second year in a row now. We've already had, and prematurely maybe this year, the whole conversation about is the playoffs fair to baseball and, you know, the, the these historically great teams. And I, I think a lot of people wrote those columns last night thinking that the Braves were going to go ahead and lose well, because the Dodgers are down 2 nothing now to the Diamondbacks who yeah. kind of limped into the playoffs a little bit. Uh, the Braves are certainly in a dogfight with the Phillies. And now it's this whole thing about, you know, it's like, Five of the eight underseeded teams have won in this divisional series since they've gone to the, the five-game deal. I mean, just, you know, if you're that good, win games. Like I feel like that's the three-game series I, I have a little bit of an issue with. But once you get to this point, it's a five-game series. You get three of them at home. If you are a like legit, like the Braves' best offense in the history of baseball, okay, go beat a Phillies team that you beat in the regular season more times than not. Three out of five games. Like You should be able to do that. You have to prove it at some point. But we've also... We've also- I think agree to that while I think the, the, the stigma of defense wins championships, while there's truth to it, I think there's, you know, it's not that they black and white, championships. but in baseball pitching, which I mean, there, you, there's no doubt. There's no arguing it. You're not winning in the postseason if you don't have pitching. Well, yeah, but also hitting. Like, well, but yeah, you, you can't, be, you can't be a primarily offensive hitting team and go far in postseason. It's just yeah. not going to happen. I mean, you're going to, you're going to lose to a, a pitching staff with lesser offense every time. I kind of disagree, but uh, oh, yeah, you got to have both. And and I turned off the Dodger game when they pulled Bobby Miller in the third inning after only giving him downs. I was like, why are you pulling him? I was like, Will Smith just made a great, nice little catch, you know, off a pop-up. It was two outs. It's the third inning. I know he's he's giving up three runs, but I'm like, why are you pulling I'm like, I'm turning this off. It seemed a little. They deserved to it was lose a quick this trip. game. Yeah, it was a quick hook. Although, you know, they took him out and they only gave up one more run, so. The, the pitching kept him. Maybe he wouldn't have given up that one run. Uh, still wild to see the Dodgers look this pedestrian for a second straight year in the divisional. And they still have a chance to, to fix it, but it's, no, well, it's rough. Diamondbacks just threw their best two at him already with, with Gallon and Kelly, I think. So now they're just, I don't know who they'll start in game three. And the Orioles also down uh, 2 nothing, which is yeah, not great for the AL either. The Rangers spend all that money. The Rangers lost 100 games last year, by the way. Yeah, so did the Reds. I know. Some, it's. I'm just telling you, there's a chance, right? It I mean, can happen. Uh, we've got uh, so, so we have lots to get to. We want to hear from you guys on the Thornton Sexton as well at 502-414-1450. To reminder, Thornton's hooking up the best deals. Sorry. What? Last 94 games. I'm sorry. Thank you. Hooking you up with the best deals all football season long. All you have to do to take advantage is become a Refreshing Rewards member. Download that Refreshing Rewards app. Go to your app store on your phone. Search Thornton's. You'll find it in two seconds. You'll download it, and then you'll be saving money at the pump in no time. Save some money inside or outside. Any one of the area's 98,765 Thornton's locations. Do that, and then text us at 502-414-1450. Trevor, if I say, have you seen the Pat Narduzzi comments, do you know what I'm talking about? No, what did that wacky Narduzzi say this time? Well, here we go. I mean, you you would talk about, like, hey, how do we self-motivate for this game? How do we get fired up? How do we avoid the Notre Dame hangover? This should help. It helps me. I think it helps the fan base more than it helps the team. Because I don't think that he was trying to be inflammatory I, I don't but he got asked a question during his his Monday press conference I, I just saw it this morning but he was asked about schematically what do you see different from Jeff Brom compared to what you've seen in recent years coaching against this, this Louisville program his response you mean Satterfield yes his response 
it's very similar to Satterfield and what they did and last year and what they did the year before during the COVID year, which I believe is the last time we played them. They've got a lot of transfers in right now. That's the first thing. They've got, I think, a Jackson State and a Georgia State transfer. So they've got two hungry guys out there at receiver. The receivers are physical. They make plays. They're quick. They get out of their breaks well. Again, they'll block you. I'm impressed with their toughness. I just think Braum does a great job scheming up, but they're a talented football team for sure. This is nothing like Scott Satterfield. How dare you? How, you know, this reminds me of, and I wrote this on the, on the website today, it reminds me of if you've been in a, this, here's the, the sports relationship thing, right? We're, we're not smart enough to make any analogies that don't involve yeah. romantic relationships. So we compare them with relationships, which we're, well, you're better than I am at least. It's like getting out of a horribly toxic relationship that everybody hated. You guys were always fighting. You're always making up, breaking up. And then finally, cut ties. She's gone. She's out of your life. You find somebody else. You've been dating them for like, I don't know, five months. It's the happiest you've been. You've rediscovered both love and self-love at the same time. And you're going out, you're having a guy's night, and one of your buddies drunkenly is like, yeah, you know, she actually reminds me a lot of Sarah. <laughs> and you are like, she's nothing like Sarah. She's the opposite of Sarah. She's the anti-Sarah. That's how I feel right now. You I'm, can talk. I'm curious what Sarah did to you. You can use your ex's nose comparisons, your your advanced stats, whatever you want to say. Jeff Brom is nothing like Scott Satterfield. Nothing. And the fact that you would even mention that name <laughs> when asked a question about Jeff Brom is just repulsive. Abhorrent behavior. And now I want to go up there and kick your ass by 45 points on Saturday. I don't think I've ever heard you so upset. I'm no, very pissed. You know what? I don't. We are 6-0, and oh, Pat. We are in the top 15, Pat. We just beat Notre Dame, Pat. None of those things ever happened with Scott Satterfield. None. Worst SNL, worst SNL skit to movie, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like Pat back in the day. Wouldn't play well today. What, you, what I do when my dog is nice to me? I pat. How do you feel about this? You're making jokes. I, you should be more upset than anybody. Uh, I mean... I should, but I guess I don't know. I, I I've just I've moved on from that relationship. That, that it's it's so far Ooh, it's so far. Heard. I'm, <laughs> amazingly, between the two of us, that is correct. Maybe I just hope she's happy. I just I, yeah yeah you know yeah she. But was, you don't. You've been making fun of Scott Satter for as much as anybody for the last five weeks. <laughs> listen, I know. Listen, I, I feel bad for the guy she's dating now. I do. Because I know what kind of loser she is. You've been drunkenly commenting on her Instagram I, for the last two I, months, and now you're like, I've I'm, moved on. I'm fully aware that, well, because now I'm happy. Now, I, I mean, I feel bad for Cincinnati, you know, because I know that he's going to, you know, wake up and his, you know, his wallet's going to be empty and his bank account's going to be empty and there's probably his medicine cabinet's going to be empty and, you know, he's going to he's gonna wonder where she is and he's going to find a bunch of strange numbers and broken, you know, balloons and things like that around the house, but. That's that's not my problem anymore. And it, this is fake maturity. <laughs> this is fake maturity. You're lying to yourself. Uh, it, the wound is too fresh. I don't know. I just I, I don't. For some reason, it's just I, it's not. It's not. Maybe I'm just still too happy and giddy over over another day, but it's not making me mad. But you're still happy and giddy. But like they're comparing what's happening right now to what happened in the past when you were miserable and you just don't care. Yeah, but it's the same guy. I think Phil Jerkovich was going to be a good quarterback. No, that's true. So I mean, he did move him to tight end, which you, Jeff Halfley can't say. Wait, wait, Bill, Bill, Bill's at tight end now. 
Phil Dracovich has moved to tight end, yeah. Oh, no. He's <laughs> he's a tight end. They're Joey Gatewooding him. I was just saying, isn't that like firing your OC? It's like the next step to, to, to being released. It does kind of feel like when, like when, when, you, when coaches start firing, it's like, well, we're moving him to tight end. It's like, well, it's like, every quarterback just yeah. goes to tight end, too. If you're wide receiver, you go to defensive back. You know, the next time you'll see him is like when Pitt's down by 30 or up by 30 late in the fourth quarter, and he'll get like a nice little golf clap from the crowd that remembers that he moved to tight end. He's having to be announced as an eligible receiver on a, on a goal line stand. I mean, so, yeah, I don't know why. I guess I, I should be furious. You're right, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I just I feel bad for – I just feel bad, too bad for Pat. You're not locked in today. I'm not locked in. <laughs> this was going some, like, rant about it. I mean, yeah. A little bit. I'm sorry. I need you focused. I need you more I'm focused. focused. I just, I don't know. It didn't anger me as like it should. I'm just, I'm shocked. I thought you were a true Brom guy. I'm, I, oh, I'm Brom, baby. I'm Brom through, through the bone. Well, I'm declaring war on Pat Narduzzi for the both of us then. You can't, you can't do this. <laughs> I am curious though, in, in all honesty, we're, we're making jokes about what he sees that's so similar. I, I'll tell you right now, this is why maybe I don't get angry is because we are, we have been, Despite what you think about Braun being an air raid, pass it, and you know, throwing throwing seventy five times a game, we have been a run focused offense. You we've know. thrown the ball more times than we've run it in all but one game. So it doesn't seem that way though. I mean, the offense is pretty much being set up by the run in a Satterfield way. The only difference is, is I think we just do it better. I mean, Satterfield's just like run up the middle three times, and we'll you know for our nine straight plays, and then we'll throw it deep. You know, we're. We're more, it's more, I guess, obviously, since we have thrown the ball more than we have run it, even though it doesn't feel like that way, you know, we have been more of a balanced setup of the run for the past. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what he's talking about. That's the only thing I can assume. We just, we don't do that zone run as much. I know we run off the tackles a lot, which is what Satterfield liked to do. The passing game, I feel like, is totally different. It is. I mean, we don't, I mean, you know, well, Satterfield's it's not just a pattern, was- it's not just a Satterfield versus Brom thing. We've had. The last four years, Malik Cunningham, a very mobile quarterback, a, a very dual threat quarterback, which is, you know, Jack Plummer's got a little bit of giddy up to him, but he, he's not, he's certainly not a, he has maybe one or two design runs per game, per game for himself. It's just a, it, it'd be a totally different offense regardless of the coach, I think. So making that comparison, I'm like, eh. I mean, maybe he's just, <laughs> does Pat Narduzzi know how to watch football? Does he, has he seen the tape? Is he expect come out? Does Narduzzi know that Satterfield isn't our coach anymore? Maybe not. Maybe maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe maybe he was halfway through this and they were like, Sat's in Cincinnati now. Remember, you lost to him. Oh yeah. Can I tell you what also bugs me? Is he did the he goes Luke, I thought Luke was weird when I said, Hey, good game, Luke, and he just looked at me oddly. He goes at one point during the response, he goes, They've got, I think, a Jackson State and a Georgia State transfer. You know exactly where those two guys played before they came to Louisville. You don't have to do though, I think. They've they've got I think. You know what we're talking about. You think Sat really knew that the, the tall guy's name at Florida State? Yeah, of course he did. You, you, I mean, if, if you have to say like I mean, it's a very specific two schools to, to pick as well, Jackson that's, State and Georgia State. That's true. I'm pretty sure you knew where they came from. He did the thing during – they sent his transcript out to the media last night, and he did the thing where he referred to Jack Plummer as the Plummer kid. He referred to Jawar Jordan as the Jordan kid, and he referred to Ashton Gelade as the Gelade kid. I'm like, I, I can see why he likes Satterfield so much because Satterfield would always do the – he would just call them by their number, right? He would be like, yeah, they got seven back there. He's really fast. I'm like, okay, we, we – uh, he did it with like some like, Heisman candidates every now and then. I'm like, we can just say their name, Scott. We, we can do it. I don't know why we have to go through the song and dance, but I can see why maybe 
Pat Narduzzi has a soft spot for Scott Satterfield. Although he didn't, it's not like he just destroyed Satterfield. He was one on one against them. We beat him 24 10 last year at home. We lost him earlier this we, year in Cincinnati. We lost to him 23 20 during the COVID year um, in Pittsburgh. So, you know, it wasn't like he just had his way with Satterfield at Louisville. But he clearly has a lot of respect for him. He's nothing like Satterfield. I have, I have no respect for Pat and Doozy. I don't either. I'll take a break. By, by the way, real quick, I just I hope yeah. this is a typo by Mark Blankenbaker. He just posted like the, the 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 ins and outs of the game on broadcast, and the sideline guy is Trevor Scales T T R E A V O R. Please tell me it's a typo. Uh, it's not, because <laughs> that's like the, the name that I, get, I would people would make fun of me when I was a kid. That would say, "What's up, Trevor? What's up, Trevor? Trevor? Uh, Trevor Scales is a TV personality. Trevor Scales is bringing back the Trevor's three generations. He, he needs to change his name. He played football at Harvard. Well, you would think he's smarter than he is, but he's not. Learn how to spell your name, Scales. I love that he's he's the dumb one. He went to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> you just got a 14 like he under went to, Like he went to Harvard. I'm going to Yale, dude. Maybe you should change the spelling of your name. No. I was here first. Maybe you should watch become that, Trevor. Actually, that bleep monkey have to change I should. He's the he's the he's the d bag. You should probably change your name to Trevor. Why should I be Michael? I'm not going by Mike. <laughs> he's he's the he's the ass <laughs> Let's take a break when we come back. I, I want to talk about these uh, this Mario Cristobal comments, trying to explain away what happened for Miami. Please, we, please say it was I'm on drugs. No, he didn't go that far. We're also going to talk about uh, Louisville basketball a little bit. We'll talk about Kenny Payne, his comments from yesterday, Nolan Smith, his comments. From over the weekend, there are things to talk about. Red-white scrimmage is tomorrow. Cardinals are guaranteed to win. The vibes are still high. We're excited about it all. Keep it locked right here. The Mike Rutherford Show on I thought, I thought you weren't a huge MMJ guy, Trevor. I'm not acknowledging that name. <laughs> Sorry, Treve. Double Treves. I, I. This is the only uh, MMJ song I actually do like. Okay. You not tried it very much. Mike, Miko, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey. I'm fine with that. I mean, my friends call me Ron. There's really not much you can call me that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have an issue with. The last day we ever worked together, you have to tell me the, the origin of that story. That's not gonna happen. Oh come on! If Louisville wins the national championship in football this year, will you tell me the origin of that story? I will, but you can't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. Uh okay. I'm telling anybody about that. Oh, never mind. Uh, odds <laughs> for uh, Louisville's 2023-24 bowl game. Updated odds after last week's win oh, over Notre Dame. Oh, those odds have blown up, baby. The favorite is still, I've got an issue with this. The favorite is still the Pop-Tarts Bowl right now. Um, I mean, as long as they're cold. They give us a, uh, BetKentucky.com gives us a 33.3% chance of going to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. The second choice, the Orange Bowl. 
which we have a 28.6% chance of going to. Not Mm -hmm. bad. Gator Bowl, I think we all would be fine with that, is third, 14.3% chance. And the Sun Bowl is fourth with a 12.5% chance. All other bowl games are given a 9.1% chance, which would include the college football playoff. I wouldn't mind going to Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl would be fine. It's a bad trip for fans. It's El Paso, right? It's El Paso. It's not great. I mean, you know, you're playing a pack. I, I would be fine with watching that game, but if you're for fans, for if we want to have you know, a special season with a special finish, you'd like ideally Orlando, Miami, Jacksonville, somewhere somewhere like the other three games. Yeah, I just I don't know. I guess since I've been to the other ones, I've I've, I've never been to El Paso. So I wouldn't mind going. You've been to the Pop Tarts Bowl. Where's that at again? Orlando. Yeah, I've been to Orlando. Well, you've been to the game though. No, no, I meant I mean I've been to the locations. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you're not going to go anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Maybe if it's in El Paso, I might. You're not going to go to El Paso. Why would I not want to go to El Paso? I mean, you're, I'm just telling you right now. You, you don't go to like like El Mundo. You don't you don't leave your house for anything. You're not going to El Paso, Texas. I have my Nudo on my uh, on my on my iTunes playlist. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I get some some like some some traditional like real Mexican food. I'd be good. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, <laughs> Trevor was the we, we glossed over this because we were in the middle of understandably glossed over. Uh, it was it was. Jeff Brom delirium. It was Notre Dame victory hype. We're dreaming big dreams. We're still dreaming big dreams, but now we have to actually acknowledge that there's also uh, Louisville men's basketball stuff happening right now. They had the tip-off luncheon yesterday, which I did love. So from the Notre Dame game, I was wondering. <laughs> Somebody put it, like, the, the, the official account put out this po- picture. It was like, you know, season's right around the corner. We're having a great time at the tip-off luncheon, and then we'll, you know, Katie Payne will talk to the media after, and there's a picture of like the players in a line. They look like the most miserable human beings. <laughs> like they all have their head down. They're all like, "It's like having a great time. We're we're excited about it." But we uh, had that's what we're supposed to have in like January. Look, not 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 October. Look. Uh, hopefully, it's not either one. Well, of one of them's likely. One I would. I mean, when when you already got the let look, she's got the look. Uh, in uh, October, that's not a good sign. But I mean, you, you made y'all speech. Just kids standing on the stage. I'm not reading too deeply into it. It was just kind of a funny thing. But we've got oh, Mr. basketball is starting tomorrow, basically. We have a red-white scrimmage. It's the yeah. first chance to see this team in action uh, at the KFC Home Center. Only, T- only Tickets I, are available. Okay. What? Can I watch it, like, stream it? No. you got to go. So you're not going to be able to watch it. Maybe it was in El Paso. I'm sure there'll be footage out there. <laughs> you know, the news stations are all going to be there. So you'll be able to see some stuff. But if you want to get a you know a full sense of what this team looks like, you're going to have to make it out there to the KFC Center. I do fear, and this isn't necessarily just a Kenny Payne 4-28 thing, but the, the, the red-white scrimmage attendance numbers have been dwindling you know, basically since attendance numbers started dwindling over the last 10 years or so. Even in the last few seasons of Patino's era, the numbers for those types of events weren't what they were in – 2009, 2010, 2011. So I'm curious to see what type of crowd shows up. I don't think it's going to be like eight or 9,000 people. I think it's probably going to be closer to like maybe 2,000, 2,500 people. But hopefully they'll be excited. Hopefully they'll they'll, they'll see a good show, and hopefully we can get this thing off on the right foot. And then a week from tomorrow, we have actually our first exhibition game against Simmons College. So basketball is right around the corner, whether we want to think about it or not. It does help that – We've got a football team that's 6-0 and right now and ranked in the top 15 and getting some significant conference championship and college football playoff love right now because if not, I feel like there would be so much at each other's throat talk and you know give this team some some love, forget about what happened last season. Uh, and that's going to happen regardless, but at least right now we can always, you, know, you can like shift the conversation very quickly. It's like having that awkward conversation with family members at Thanksgiving about, I don't know, 
Israel-Palestine war, whatever you want to, whatever's going to divide the 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 family. And then you go back to like, well, the cards are seven and zero. That's all that matters. Like, you know, <laughs> there's a common factor that we can always shift back to when tensions get a little it's bit like high. You're at my family Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank God for Jeff Brom. Uh, but Kenny Payne did talk. I sent you a couple of clips. Uh, if, oh, you, you? if you don't mind, uh, would you pull up the the, the Kenny Payne clip? Uh, the the first one that I sent you. I like how you asked if I don't mind. Like, would you please play Kenny? I'm asking you to just play the clip. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know how you didn't see it yet, but please. No, I see it now. There you go. Pull it up and play. This is Kenny Payne talking about uh, from yesterday talking about if he feels any pressure going into year number two after a dismal first season here at Louisville. Added pressure? No. The pressure is the pressure. Uh, my pressure, to be honest with you, um, to make sure I give these kids what they need to succeed. I do that. I stay within the process. Um, I don't get distracted with anything else. That's it. I mean, it, I hate to say it like that. I know people want me to act and respond to things, but I'm not. I'm going to stay in what's right for these young men. I'm going to stay in how do I put this together for them so that they feel good about what we're doing and we win. That's it. It's not about me. On my first day here at a press conference, I said, I need you. I wasn't just talking about some people. All Louisville fans, I need you. Well, some people, when the rain came, they left me out there, and I'm good with that. So I've learned that too. Like, and I'm like, I'm a Louisville Cardinal. I played here, I sweat here, A to Z. I understand what it is. There's no added pressure more than what I have to do right by this university, to do right by these young people, to do right by these former players, to do right by this community. That's the pressure. I, it sounds a lot like what we heard throughout last season is my first response to that. I don't know what you were thinking. I, I don't know. I feel like cause there's sometimes moments where I want him to, like, Show empathy, like towards, like I, you know, I understand what you're coming from, but then when he, but when he does it, he comes off like, I don't know, just kind of like he's looking down on you a little. I don't know what it is about it. I just something about Kenny Payne's voice. It's the four wins. It just, it just, it, it, it makes me just angry. I don't know why. It's because I, it, here's, this is how I feel at least. This is the way because I, I think a lot of people have the same emotion that you're expressing right there. It's because it hurts us so badly. To see us go from, I mean, 10 years ago winning a national championship to 10 years later being the laughing stock of college basketball and having a, a season at a level that we never thought was even possible for this program, it destroys us. And then you've got, like, Mr. Smooth up there who never seems to be affected by any of this. Like, we want to know that you're, I mean, I, I'm assuming that you're just as torn up, hopefully more torn up about all of this than we are. But we never get that from him. Well, I feel like he's like trying to tell us he's, he 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 sympathizes sympathizes with us, but it's almost like the rich guy telling like the poor guy, "Yeah, I feel bad. I know how you I know how you feel, buddy. Like you know, like I, you say you know, and maybe and, and but you don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you do. I don't like, like the fact that he says when the rain came, a lot of people left me out there. The, the, you brought the rain. Yeah, every time he talks, I'm like, Do you, you were the head coach. First of all, we won four games. That wasn't rain, Kenny. That was that was like. It was a GD monsoon. That was a, that was a typhoon taking out three islands of Hawaii. 
every time he <laughs> talks about this stuff, and he did it throughout last season where he talked about the dark cloud and, and the bad times and getting through this and all this, it, almost, it sounds like he doesn't know that he's in charge of this, that he is the head coach. Like, there's never any – whenever there is a hint of responsibility, it's immediately shrugged off two answers later. Where, you know, he would, he would say, it falls on me, I'm the head coach. And then, like, the answer to two questions later, he'd be saying, you know, you're going to see a different level of kid in here next year, you have better families, better work ethics, like all this stuff. Basically being like, we got a bunch of bleephead kids. It's not on me. It, it, it's on them. I couldn't reach them, but nobody could reach them. Like every time he talks, it just I, I, I listen to him. I'm like, it sounds like somebody who's, I don't know, like like a, a fan of the program, not the head coach, the one in charge of all this, the one who's paid multi multi million dollars per year to get this thing going. I also don't like that it's not in this answer specifically, but throughout the press conference, he talked about this being, you know, alluding to this being like the first step of a rebuilding process. You know, it's still it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> We're hoping to take that first step this year. You don't get to do that in this day and age when you had a full season last year. That was a mulligan, Mike. You don't get to do the whole. I mean, th- this is what this is another thing that I, I you know, Tyson Tate used to always talk about. This when a coaching tenure is going down the toilet. Like one of the big red flags is when a coach, after a bad first year, says, and, and the fan base buys it. This is really year one. That this is actually his first year. Now he gets his players in. Now he gets his culture. It never works when coaches start trying to check that box, start trying to put that narrative out there. It just doesn't. And I'm very concerned that we're already hearing a lot of that. Now, the other answer that was out there that was making the rounds, and I don't have a clip of this, so I'm just going to have to read it. Uh, it's via the transcript from UofL. He was asked about the question that we've been talking about on the show and every show has been talking about for the last year. Is there a bar that you need to hit in year two? To, to show the progress necessary. Is there a win total? Make the NCAA tournament? What do you think? And he says, I want this group to show, not through words, but through actions, the eye test. I want you guys to be able to look at this team and say, wow, they play hard. They play together. They talk to each other. You can tell they have a different chemistry. There's a competitive spirit about, this, about these guys. The talent level is better. The character of the team is better. This is a totally different team. For me personally, as the head coach here, it is the first step in many of rebuilding this program. If all of those things happen, I would hope that we would be winning a lot more games than last season. So why can't you just go ahead and say it? Like, like why can't you just go ahead and say, we want to be better than a four-win team uh, this year? Like, passing the eye test is great. I mean, we didn't pass it last year. We didn't. I mean, the team never seemed to play hard. But also, like, the team was never... We could see it. Like they weren't passing the eye test last year. Like they weren't playing hard. They weren't together. They didn't have chemistry. And after every game, Payne was like, "We're still working really hard. We still the guys are still all bought in." So was he just lying to us? Yes. Like back then, and that's basically what he's saying right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he was. I hope he was because you know, if that was good chemistry in his eyes, if that was playing hard in his eyes, then I, I don't buy really into what he's saying right now because. I think every Louisville basketball fan that's watched a game of basketball in their lives could look at that team and say they're they're not playing hard. They're not a cohesive unit. They don't seem like they know what they're doing on either end of the floor. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it, I mean, we that's got to be better. I mean, we don't get too many. I mean, it'd be not, it'd be nice to get maybe more than one, like, you know, two press conferences, you know, every six months out of Kenny Payne as well. But and maybe then we wouldn't nitpick and be as angry as we are. But maybe we would. It'd be nice to get some answers more often than not. But. 
I mean, some of the other things I listen to when I listen to the press conferences, one he seems to be very highly betting on Sky Clark as the savior of this program. Yeah, that, that's and I'm not. I think Scott Clark's gonna be good. I, I, I he might be good, but I just don't know. If I'm I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be like. I don't think he's on this pedestal that I think no. Kenny Payne has put him on. Is I don't like, think he's gonna be first team All American. Yeah, the guy he, who can take us to it. He's know, got him as like John Wall levels, and I don't think that's going to happen. Even if he was, how, I mean, how much is that going to really? I mean, John Wall alone. I mean, the team I'm still almost lost in a, in a ballroom to Bowling Green. My vow. My my sorry. There also were a lot of good guys on that team. It, it wasn't just John Wall and a bunch of dudes. They had some future. In, That's what I'm NBA saying. Guys. It wasn't just John Wall. Yeah. So I mean, to say that you know you're, all you're getting is John Wall is not going to like make, make everything all better and warm and cozy inside. Now, conversely, he did not say that Sky Clark is John Wall. He, he did because I, I do think he's he's clearly very high on Sky Clark. But he did also say this. He said we have a collective group of guys that there's not a big jump from one to the other. They're all pretty good college players. So the competition to get on the floor it's going to be different. Not one person can handicap the team. Not one person can say, if I don't play, we're losing. We can win with different styles, different guys on the court. If a guy decides to not play hard, not bring it, another guy will come in and take over for him. To me, that's more important. This is another one of those things that I, I really hope is the case because last year it wasn't. And you couldn't use the bench as a motivating tool for last year's team because, I mean, if LLS was dogging it or not playing hard, you had nobody who could come in and do what he could do. And a lot of times, it, you know, you had, we had like two capable bench guys for most of the season. I mean, Sidney Curry was unplayable for a lot of last year. And, you know, if, if you weren't getting what you wanted out of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, you couldn't put Curry in. You couldn't put Roosevelt Wheeler in. You could try to have J.J. Trainer play the five a little bit, and you knew he was going to give you effort. But there just wasn't there, – there weren't reliable options on the bench. So I do hope that he's right in saying that we got a lot of guys with similar skill sets. So if it's not, you know, if it's not Trey White's night, we can go with Mike James there. If it's not Mike James' night, maybe we can go with Karan Davis there. Like I hope that's the case because we need to be deeper this year if we're going to have any shot at, at you know not just winning more than four games, but being a team that's uh, flirting with the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, depth depth is. I mean, yeah, I agree. But I mean, right now, to me, the most important thing is just this coaching staff getting the most talent out of this team because they clearly didn't do that last year. They far from did it last year. I mean, and, and they can blame the kids all they want, but I mean, the, the, the fact is, whether that, what you think about that team's talent level or not last year. That team with a decent, I think, with a better coaching staff would have won more than four games. But I, there's no question. I, yeah, I mean, that team, I totally agree. I mean, a team with a, I think, with even an average coach staff should have won at least ten games. My big, big, so, big I mean, that, issue here. That's, is. I mean, we can have the talent. Sky Clark could be John Wall. He could be John Wall plus Magic Johnson meets Oscar Robinson combined with the the French dude that just made his debut last night, Wimbledon. And it's not going to matter if you're just going to if, if the coaching staff's not getting the most out of him and in, in, in the team. And my my big big issue here is the same as it was last year, and the team not playing hard in year one is a as large a red flag as you could possibly have. Because when you get and, a new coach, that's the, the right big thing. Yeah, the, the fact that we're sitting here in year two, and he's acting like this is the bar to clear in year two. No, no, no. Like, we expected better talent in year two. We expected some of the problems that will come, some of the hiccups that will come with a first-year head coach to be cleared up. You'll, you'll have more solid footing, a better idea of what the day-to-day grind is like as a, as a head coach, as the man who's in charge, all that stuff. But we never cleared the most basic of hurdle for a, a first-year head coach, which is the team never play hard. They never play with added intensity. They never look like they were ready to just die to get a win for Louisville and the program and their coaching staff. And the fact that we're sitting here now saying, 
you're going to see him play harder. I mean, I would hope so, but also like that should be like if you can't motivate any group of players to play to just play hard. Not to not play well, but just play hard. And when you did play hard, I it's mean, a gigantic red flag about what you're going to be able to accomplish when you do get the talent level in that you expect to have within this program. I hope he's right in saying that we're going to see all that intangible stuff, all those little things that we didn't see a year ago, but I don't think it's fair to say like that's the hurdle that we're trying to get over in year two. It just it like like big time programs do not operate that way. Nobody else is gonna do that. I agree. I thought you had something else. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the thing is when, I mean, the team does play hard, the, the fans respond. For sure. And so, I mean, that's, it, it, you saw that just even the one game where we actually look like a, you know, something within 100 miles of what this program normally is, and that's the Clemson game. And you saw the crowd and the reaction you got from that. I mean, the team goes out there and plays hard. You're going to, so don't sit there and tell, tell me the fans have given up. I mean, the fans are just waiting for you to do your job, then we'll do ours. Now, the, the other thing that came up, I have up, no faith in this coaching staff. I really don't. It's yeah. I've lost. I've lost. I'm That's, sorry. I think we. I think we know. I mean, the the other thing that came up yesterday, speaking of the coaching staff, it, Jeff Lighty Jr., who's interviewing everybody these days. The man's popping up everywhere. He had a a Q and A Q&A session with Nolan Smith, a public one over the weekend. I think it was on Sunday, and it's that second clip I sent you. I didn't. I get that one second. He he was asked straight up because we had not heard Nolan talk about this since the. The story broke in August about Nolan interviewing for a G League head coaching job. I mean, Nolan's been very silent on social media, has not done any public appearances. There was the whole, like, is he in the highlight video? Is he not in the practice highlight video type deal? But we haven't heard Nolan himself address the situation, and he did with Jeff Lighty Jr. Here's what he had to say. Tough season. You know, there was there was speculations, rumors that you might leave us, man. There was there was some G League stuff out there about you know taking and possibly taking an interview, possibly getting a head coaching job. Just you know, for the folks at home, what was that like for you? What was kind of all of that experience for you? It was it was a crazy experience. I think the hardest part about it was it got out, mm. right? And I think for me, I just wanted to go through the process. I have never been through a process of interviewing to be a head coach. So I was just going through the process. Coach Kenny Payne knew KP. He knew what was going on. But then I landed back here from D.C., and it was on Twitter. As soon as I landed, and my first instinct was, dang, the players are going to see this. Mm-hmm. And my, my heart was crushed. My mind was racing. And I texted all the players. Right, I said, meet me downstairs in the dorm right now. Mm-hmm. And they all came down. They all had that look on their face like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> They're like, you're leaving us, aren't you, Coach? I said, no. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And I think that was the hardest part. Um, and going through the process was a great process, but I was never going to leave KP. I was never going to leave my players. Um, I was never going to leave Louisville, the fans. I came here to do something special with, my, with, with Coach Kenny Payne, 100%. So to run on that after one year was never in question. Never in question. Now, the process, you said you just wanted to, the, the, a chance to kind of put your name. I mean, because you're young and you have aspirations. Yep. But was it yep. just a chance to kind of put your name out there or just to see what the G League team had to yeah. say? Like, what was what kind of all the, uh, that, what was all that for you? Yeah, just to go through the process to see what it was like to become a head coach. Okay. Um, that's definitely the dream for me to become a head coach one day in the near future. Um, so to go through that process, it was a challenging process. They asked me challenging questions. Put your coach's hat on. Put your CEO hat on. Okay, now put the coach's hat back on. So going back and forth, going through 100 questions with the GM, the head coach of the Wizards. It was a really cool experience to go through it. But it just challenged me to now go back to drama and get better as a coach. So I, I enjoyed the experience, experience but uh, 
I enjoy being a Louisville assistant coach even better. Absolutely. Now, just for the clarification, you wasn't trying to bail on us after one year now. You wasn't trying to get out of town, was it? Absolutely not. Okay, man. Absolutely not. Because, folks, the, the, the thing was, you was trying to get out yeah. of here. Folks was yep. leaving, yep. you know, players leaving, coaches trying to leave. Like, it just, there was a narrative out there yep. about the team because of the struggles that took place over the course of the season. So that's Nolan Smith's explanation. He was, Kenny Payne was asked the same question during his media availability and basically gave the same story. Um, Glad they worked on their excuses together. I mean that 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 answer makes me want to send the gif of from Super Troopers. Like, like, do we look like the two stupidest people you've ever met in your life? I have. I mean, I I've kind of danced around saying this, and I, and I I've heard the same story about what happened from three different people at U of L that I would, would all know, and it's been the exact same story, and it's not it's not the story that was just put out there. <laughs> uh, I I. I all I'll say is I do think that if Nolan Smith had gotten offered the job, he would have left. Now, you, you, you can take him for – that's his story. It's out there that he was he was interviewing for the job, but he was never serious about leave, leaving. He just wanted to go through the process. Uh, Kenny Payne – Kenny Payne and his answer sort of – he, like, kind of gave the story, and then he's like, well, no one's going to do whatever no one wants to do. I'm like, well, which is it? You know, is it- so, so you went to interview for a job. You had no intention of taking – so you're just t- so what so you're saying the NBA people is don't bother interviewing me because I'm not actually going to take your job. I just want to I just want to have fun and experience it. The poor Adelaide 76ers or who, no that, that's the Trent Flowers team. I don't know who was the what was the team he was interviewing for? Uh, the the, the, like the choo-choos? The, the, that was the bouncers or something. It was the I can't remember. Whatever the it was something game. that had like a had had like a uh, a stripper name to it. I think the the G strings or something. I don't I, I don't remember what it was, but it, like that was I I I don't buy. It. I mean, who, who, who has ever gone to an interview for a job with the intention of not taking that job if offered? The one thing that I will ever. also say is that I, I'll stand by what I said when the, the thing happened. That story doesn't get out if no one doesn't want it to get out. Because that's like, the guy who broke it is the guy that he's been leaking stuff to since he got here. Uh, he came at Raptor Flowers bounced, right? Yes. I think a couple of days after that. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean. I mean, it, it, like it, the messaging needs to improve. Is is all I can say. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like you. I think you made a good point when you're talking about we don't hear. From, you know, people complain about not hearing from Kenny Payne a lot, and then when he comes out and talks, you're like, man, maybe we shouldn't just not hear from from Kenny Payne a lot. Because well, sometimes I agree. Yes. <laughs> the PR needs work. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I I, I mean. I, I, I'm hoping that I mean, everything's fine now, that there's, there's, you know, everything's good with the staff and everybody's on the same page and everybody's focused on having a successful season because I do want this thing to work. I just feel like there's a lot of... You're going to have to be a little bit better people person, Kenny, if you're not going to win more than four games. Well, if you're not going to win more than four games, you're not going to be here. Well, true, year. but, I mean, right now you win four games, so we might need to be a little bit more personable. And, and look, none of this matters when the team starts actually playing. It matters now because I'm looking for reasons to believe that this can be successful and give me both the way that they've kind of like like what you hear and, and the message that's out there it doesn't make me any more comfortable than when i was hearing the same things last year like like when we we're talking about what type of defense does he want to run what type of offense does he want to run and it was kind of like uh, you'll you'll see and then we never we, we never really like saw. how I, I want you to convince me to start like being more positive and how must to do that when i feel like you're bringing me just as low or maybe i'm bringing you down i don't know well i mean you know where i've been the entire time so i mean I, listen i, I, I want to believe i mean i tried to believe we all want to i just i have no evidence to believe 
Anyways, uh, Thornton Sex Lines, 502-414-1450. We've got to take a break before like the, uh, the autoplay <laughs> knocks us out of here. So we'll turn things over to you guys on the text line. If you want to talk more football, we'll talk football. If you want to talk more hoops, we'll talk hoops. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961. Did you do this because we talked basketball? Actually, I did it because it was in the American <laughs> Dad that I watched. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen it's that the one where, yeah. the one where they snot goes into the basement. Yeah, one thing, yeah that's, that's, that's a great scene. <laughs> I almost texted you last night. I can't say on the air, but I don't know. Like when when, she, when he gets thrown out of the the, the condo because of Klaus. Yeah, he's, <laughs> the guy's just yelling at the mom, and there was a line he said that I was like, "Only an American dad could you ever hear that line." I I vaguely I, I, I think I know what you're you talking. You said about. on the. <laughs> <laughs> and I just it was like I realized it was like one thirty, so I was like, "I'm not going to bother waking him up." I know he's not going to wake him up, but yeah. But I was like, I heard that line, and I started laughing, and I was like, I wonder if I texted him his line if he would get the reference. I'm pretty sure I would have. That's a good episode. Because it's the only show you'll ever hear that hit, yeah. That's where I am, by the way. I'm in, like, early, like, I think early season 13 now. It's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, We've got, uh, before we go to the text line here, the, we kind of just mentioned Shirley Donovan in passing there, the last segment, talking about basketball. But he has come out with his 2023-2024 college basketball first team all-name team. The five best names in college basketball. Are you ready for this? Yes. You said passing. I got nervous. That's my past. I was like, no. whoa, okay. Uh, best name this year and now college basketball this year. Yes. All right. Who we got? From, Who's on the name team? From North Carolina Central, we have Po Boy King, P-O apostrophe B-O-I-G-H, King. Now, <laughs> I know this is, I always kept to wonder, like, I wonder if that's like his mother gave him that as his Christian name. Like he just really likes Louisiana cuisine. <laughs> po boy, never been a big Po Boys fan. I'm not either. Anyway. From uh, Rhode Island, we have Always Right, W R I G H T is his last name. First Mom, name Mom Always. Definitely named him that. From Utah Tech, we have Tennessee Rainwater. Wait, his last name is Rainwater. His last name is Rainwater. Kind of hippie place is he from? Well, could be a Native American. We don't know. That's true. Yeah. That's From Georgetown, point. we have Supreme Cook in Utah Tech. <laughs> Supreme Cook. Okay. And then from Wagner, I wanted this guy to come to Louisville. Oh, Wagner, baby. I wanted this guy to come to Louisville. He chose Wagner. Churchill Bounds. Oh, how did he not come to Louisville? I know. We, we didn't offer him a scholarship. I don't know what we were doing. I mean, That's your all-name team for college basketball this season. Dude, that dude, that he could have just walked on here and made the no money alone. It would have been, I mean, yeah. All he had to do was, like, spend a, he could have Trent Flowers did. Spent, like, two months here, soaked up that NIL. And then bounce to Wagner or whatever low-level program he wanted to play at. Or high school. Um, I'll be honest with you. If he was on our team, it would be the best thing about our roster. Scott Clark's a good name. <laughs> That's not Churchill Bound, though. It's not Churchill Bound. Uh, 502-414-1450. We'll take some text now here. Uh, Texture says, I don't know if anybody mentioned it. Probably but, not. But people literally tried to storm the facility after the win on Saturday. Shout out to our staff and security for preventing another January 6th. They the, really the facility like the weight facility like the Traeger Center. I have not heard that mentioned. 
Yeah, I mean, were they trying to like run off with some weights? I mean, why? Why would you storm the own team's facility after a big win? Trying to steal stuff? I guess. I would hope that didn't actually happen. I'm not. I'm trusting the texture, but I hope that didn't. happen. Then again, I don't know. I could see a couple of drunk idiots be like, "Let's go in here." Like the uh, th- that documentary we watched on the uh, Woodstock '99, where like they just started like just stealing stuff. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. What do you expect when you do an all-night rave? <laughs> Props to the uh, – well, Patrick not to, Patrick texted and he's listening during his job over at 680. He's got the headphones in. Apparently, they were trying to follow Jack Harlow in there. No, see that – I get – see, that's – yeah, that's that's not looting. That's just being drunk goofballs. Well, props to the security still. Whatever was going on for keeping them out of there. That was well done. Yeah, good job. Texas, I love how – Texas, I have a lot of thoughts on the game after watching it three times over. Props to you. First takeaway is how scared to hit get hit Hartman was. Early in the game on a running back handoff out of the shotgun, he flinched hard with Ashton bearing down on him, and then he did it again on the jet sweep, which led to the fumble. Ashton definitely caused it. I love how the commentators acknowledged that our D-line was working future top 10 pick Joe Alt on the Mason Riger strip sack. The other side of the D-line did a scheme that almost seemed like the main purpose was to put Alt on his butt. Needless to say, it worked. It seemed like an attitude slash bully move, and I loved it. Did you go? Have you gone back and watched some of the TV with the commentary? I yet? still, yeah, I still haven't. I'm in like the third quarter before I keep falling asleep. He didn't. <laughs> how do you fall asleep during that game? It's so awesome. I know. It, trust me, like it keeps me up later than I'm supposed to be. Um, they did. He the, the texture's right. They did bring, and that is enjoyable. And I did love the fact that, like they they brought it up with with like Rager more, more often than not going one on one with all and knocking him on his butt and taking him down, doing like a Reggie White power move on him, where and where when they got their pressure, it was mostly using stunts right. and kind of. I don't want to say gimmick gimmick pass rushes, but you know they they were trying to do things to to throw our, our, our O line off balance. Joe we Alt do that before Saturday before that that strip sack where Riger just goes right through him. I mean you're right. There's it's no like he's worried about a blitzer coming off the edge. It's just one on one. Riger just dominates him. He had not given up a sack in two years in one game, which is that's something. Like like he is a top ten pick for a reason. And Mason Riger, former walk on, kind of just. Whipped his ass. What if that's like the downfall of Joe Alt? <laughs> he just can't. Like he just he can't, can't come to terms with what happened. He's like just like he just gives up. He just, all he believes in. He just like quits football. He just joins like a cult. What if Mason Ryder gets drafted like ninth? I mean, that's, <laughs> poor Joe Alt. He's hanging out with the the poor goalie from the Hawks. <laughs> Dude's life went. Who knows? <laughs> Texas, now that TK officially recognized me as his stepdad at the end of yesterday's show, I can finally say and take the long way home from work, sport, your mom and I will be celebrating my win over you in fantasy this weekend for the next few hours. <laughs> he did. He's, my stepdad spanked me. He's not pretty. I still, I still, well, I, and, and, and I dropped from first place record. I'm still number one in total points, though. Doesn't hurt that I have. Classic Chadier, deflection. Yeah, P, uh, Penix and Sanders are number one in two pass, passers in, in college football. That does help. Does Can you help. play one quarterback? Two quarterback, quarterback two league? quarterback league too. Wow! Oh, they're carrying me. Trust me. Them and Jawar Jordan and, and Ray Davis. Those are like my four big guys. Texture says Mark Stoops having his team get crushed by Georgia and basically saying his players suck and that fans need to pony up cash to get better players. All happened after a dinner with Patino. I hope they have another dinner date lined up this week. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sent you the clip. Okay, let me find it. This yeah. is the so the Mark Stoops radio show last night. He has a – callers were a little bit critical, and he has one guy calling in and saying, you know, you, you know, every time we play a team with 
actual talent, like a, a, a top tier SEC team, we get spanked. They didn't get spanked last year by Georgia. What do we need to do to make up this gap? And I sent you the the, the, the quote is it. the quotes everywhere, but I sent you the actual clip. It's like twenty eight seconds long. Here we go. It is what it is, and uh, you know fans have that right. I, I give it to them. It you know I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those teams are doing. And and uh, and uh, yeah, I could promise you in Georgia they they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days, and uh, we could use some help. That's what they look like. You know what I mean? When you have eighty five of them, so. So uh, I encourage uh, anybody that's disgruntled to, to pony up some more. It is what it is. I mean, he's not He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I love how he's just nonchalantly laid back. Yeah, in the video. Yeah, he just looks like, like, the, like me doing radio when he's doing his coach's show. Like me after a Thanksgiving dinner. Like, yeah, well, you're not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> but it reeks of kind of sour grapes. It, it reeks a little bit hollow when you're saying it after your team just lost by 38 points to Georgia. You know, if you were saying it going into the game, if, you, if you're like, yeah, you know, you look at that roster, the world, we're really up against it. There's a reason why they've won a bunch of national titles. You know, they've got that NIL money flowing. They're buying some great players. I wish we had that NIL money. Like, th- that's a little bit different. This just kind of is like, I, if you're complaining, give me some more money. Yeah, I, I kind of look as more of just like I'm sick. Like, like, don't tell me we don't have the we, we've got players. Yes, we got our butt kicked. But we have talent, and those that they complain we don't have the talent, you know, you just got you lost, so clearly your team sucks, and you don't have the talent they do. He's just like, you know what, screw you, just give me more money then. I did, like, I heard Roush make this point on KRC. It was either today or, or yesterday. That'd be annoying and, if your stoops here. And, and he's right. You know, UofL did the thing where they capitalized on all the excitement of Saturday. They, they had a, like, a, a flash give thing going on, on during the second quarter of Saturday night's game where they put up a little QR code on the, on the big screen, and if you wanted to donate to – you're like, hey, if you're here and you're having a good time and you want more big-time football to be in the city for years to come, maybe give us 10 bucks right now and see what happens. And they raised $50,000 with that through the, for their NIL, for, the, for their collective. I need to try that. Like, that's like, – when you ask people for money is when times are good. Like, like, you know, when people are having a good time, they're like, hey, I'd like to keep doing this. This, this seems like a, a fun thing that would be great for my kids and they get a little bit older. Here's some money. That's the time to do it. It's not when you just had your ass kicked in a game that you thought you had a, a, at least a shot of winning. I mean, nobody, like, did that message really, again, he's not wrong, but did that message really resonate with any Kentucky fan who's like, you know what? Here's 100 bucks, Mark. Thank you for telling me that, like, <laughs> we need to stop complaining and start giving you Putting money. me straight. Especially when, you know what? You're the eighth highest paid coach in all of college football. You are paid a top 10 salary, and you're saying, I can't produce a top 10 win because we need a top 10 team because we need more money. It's just like that's not going to play with the fan base. Maybe some Kentucky fans like the message, but if I'm if I'm them right now, I'm kind of like, eh, suck it, pal. That's not <laughs> – why don't you get better at your job? I mean, if I'm a Kentucky fan, like you told me we had that town going into this year. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, we're taking the next step. All the, Every single year they're taking the next step, and you know, they, they haven't done that yet. He also – it got pointed out Kentucky's to him. Kentucky's taking another step, I just think. They have, but they, they, you know, they're clearly not – Yeah, they're, they're still at the bottom tier of the one stairs program the SEC. Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it got pointed out to him on the show that, you know, in his nine years at Kentucky, he's beaten two teams in the SEC that have finished with a winning conference record. And his response was, I don't think that stat's right. And I saw one of the, the – I think the KSR guys went back and looked at every single year, and he's like, yeah, the, the, the caller was right. Uh, you know, he's, That's insane, actually. He's only beaten two teams, and I think it was Florida one year that was finished 5-3 and three in the SEC and a South Carolina team that also finished 5-3. and three. So, you know, And I get it. Like, you know, if you want to – the flip side of that is 
you're dealing one of those teams a loss. So if you want to say all those four and four teams that we beat would have been four and three if they hadn't played us, that's something. But still, it kind of feels like grasping at straws. The point is, I think UK fans are, are are very excited with what Mark Stoops has done for the program. He's made them more of a winner than they probably thought was possible when he got hired. But you always want more. Uh, you know, once you get to, you know, you're right below that first tier. The question becomes, how do we get up to that first tier? How do we, you know, be competitive with the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs of the world? And right now, they're I think they're still searching for that answer. And Mark Stoops says it's more money. I'm just curious. I want to stop worrying about Georgia and start worrying about Louisville. We're about to pass you by, buddy. Mm, that's coming. Texas says, uh, I re-listened to the podcast when Jeff got hired, and Mike said, no one is expecting him to take a program that's been mediocre for the last four or five seasons and take it to 10, uh, 10 and 2 right off the bat. I don't know where you all are now, but I think our floor is 9 and 3 right now, especially if our home crowd keeps showing up. Yeah. I, mean, I think I picked 9 and 3 beginning of the year, didn't I? You, you took, went, you you took went, 9 and 3, I went 8 and 4. Yeah. And I mean, I, like, I think I bumped that up to 9 and 3. We had that question last week when somebody was like, would you like to revisit your, your preseason expectations? And now, I mean, I'm. I mean, I, I, I 10 and 2. I don't want to say like 10 and 2 has to be the expectation now, but when you look at it, if you say we're going to go 9 and 3. I'm kind of like, you know, where do the three losses come from? Thing is, is if you go, well, I see nine and three because maybe we'll slip up against somebody we're not supposed to. But if that's the case, odds are then we're not losing both the games we're supposed to as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, okay. I, so I, I mean, that still puts us at ten and two. And the schedule, right, the two. second half schedule, I feel like it, it's it's there's a real clear divide. Pitt, I know, is a road game, so it makes it a little bit more challenging. But Pitt's not good. Virginia yeah. and Virginia Tech are not good either. No. I think Duke's good. I still think Miami is pretty good. I mean, they've beaten an A&M team that's been pretty good since that since that loss. Look, Georgia Tech gave us fits as well, and if Miami just takes a knee, they have the same type of win over Georgia Tech that we had in our season opener. And, and Miami also, they do this every year, where they have a game where they just they spit the bid. They're not focused. They're not ready to play. Well, you know, and they like, all, Miami is sporadic. Too. Right. They also have a game late in the year where they, they, just, they get up, and they decide we're going to play to our – Recruiting rankings, we're going to just kick the bleep out of somebody who's pretty good. And I still am concerned that that's going to be our game this year. And then Kentucky, you know, I, I mean, I don't care if they lose a couple more SEC games. I don't care if they lose to Missouri this week and they fall out of the rankings. We know what they've done to us the last four years. Like, that's going to be a, a tough game. So I, I feel like there are three that you say, we should win those. And there are three that you say, eh, maybe we should slightly win or maybe we should slightly lose, but they're more or less toss-ups. We've won the toss-up game so far. We've won the the only like kind of should lose game on our schedule. I sort of feel like you look at the stretch and you say, if we play the way that we've been playing, we should at least go four and two here, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's. I mean, look, it, it is a little bit about the schedule, but my God, I mean, for Jeff Brom, if he if we can get our first double digit win season in, in a decade in his first year here, uh, it's only going to add. I mean, add, yeah. add the enthusiasm to the already. Going crazy crowd. I mean, so far, to me, the only negative about this football season is EA Sports pushed back their, their game release to next year. Yeah. How much I'd love to be playing college football right now with Louisville. Texas says, contrary to most, I have a unique perspective on the ending of Miami Georgia Tech. Mario Cristobal should serve as an inspiration that it is possible for anyone to make a seven figure salary, no matter how incompetent you are. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize until Saturday night when everybody was talking about, you know, they're, now they're doing all those Zapruder films like, Hey, this little nerdy guy is telling them to take a knee, and they and they ignore him. And I didn't realize their offensive coordinator is Shannon Dawson, who was at 
Kentucky back in 2015. I thought we brought this up at one point. Did we? We may yeah, have. I think I'd, so. I'd forgotten it if, if we had. I think it was you. It wasn't you. It was somebody else I was talking to about it. But so they both spoke to the media today, and Cristobal said, "I'll take full ownership in not taking the knee and giving them the opportunity to have a couple of extra plays and preventing us from sealing the win." Both coaches and players showed up with a tremendous attitude to get right back to work. And then Shannon Dawson, he had availability with the media as well. So they didn't sleep Saturday night. Called it as hard of a loss as, as I've ever had in my career and said, what we did at the end was the wrong decision. I called it. It is what it is. I wish we would have done something different, but we didn't, so got to live with it. It was the wrong thing to do. Well, you can take – I love how you – I'm appreciating one to fall on the sword, but the fact remains is the head coach should have heard the call go in and been like, no. It looked like they both – they're both standing right next to each other. They yeah. both make the dumb decision. There's, and there is, like, one guy who I think is, like – somebody said he's, like, the – Offensive line coach, which is weird because he's very small. Is it like the guy in the end of the Michigan bench that you can see telling Weber to call timeout? Like, <laughs> kind of no, but well, no, he, he it's the opposite. He comes over and it looks like he's saying knee, knee, and they both look at him and they kind of just like dismiss him and go back to looking at the field. And then one more time, he kind of like leans in and says something to them, and they like shrug him aside and they run the play. I feel like that guy is kind of be like, I should be the one making like seven million dollars right now. What are these guys doing? I've never been a big Mario Cristobal fan to begin with, to be honest with you. But, and this doesn't help. I mean, if I'm a Miami fan right now, there's nothing you can say. Like, it's like anything short of I'm cutting off my left hand because I'm so sorry, even then I'd be like, not good enough. <laughs> Donate half of your salary this year to me personally is the only way that I'm going to forgive you for this. It doesn't help as, Mar- as, as Miami's got like the biggest bandwagon fan base oh, yeah. in the country. So like automatically, they're not even going to be like, what are you doing? What's worse is the, he's not getting the, the, the backlash. He's just getting half his fan base just quick hearing. They're bandwagon, but they're also, like, super, super passionate and abrasive uh, like when they're not yeah. good. Like, you know, they, they're bandwagon, but they also expect a national championship every year. And that's a tough combination for, for, for any coaching staff <laughs> to have, especially one that just doesn't know basic math and that – whose lack of knowledge of basic math cost them a victory against a team that they should have had no problem winning. Against. If he takes a knee, they get what? They have to punt it with, what, like 12 seconds left or something? No. If he takes a knee, the game's over, Trev. That's right. Cause, well, yeah, play clock's 40 seconds, The play right? clock's under 40. Yeah, and it it's, was 32 when he when he snapped the ball. And there's and, and yeah. Georgia Tech has zero timeouts. All, I brain farted on play clocks between NFL and Quite college. literally, all you have to do is snap the ball, fall down, the game's over. Like, that's it. And he's done it twice now in five years, which is... Two times too many. I was thinking college for some reason was thirties for was thirty years. No, it's forty. I mean, it's it's done. Like yeah. they, all they have to. Do, I mean, you're the announcers if you've seen the. Clip. Well, even if it's not, I mean, you're kicking, you're punting it with two seconds. I mean, you're just having to stop a a band on the on the field play. Well, yeah, but that's and that's not even what we're talking. about. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not even the like the announcer. You hear the announcer? He's incredulous. He's like, I, he's like, I, why are they running a play here? He's like, if that's me, I'm not, I'm not handing this ball off. I'm not snapping this ball. What are they doing? Would have been nice to have Lamar Thomas back on the uh, radio call for that one. God, uh, <laughs> that's what we do in Miami. We Texas, just we don't take knees. <laughs> Texas says Narduki definitely knew what he meant. Narduki, it's a good name. Texas, I know Mike saw this, but did, did TK see what the 24-7 article said about Satterfield? Quote, a single possession decided by three, decided three of Cincinnati's five games, perhaps a positive sign for Scott Satterfield, no. who is out to prove the Bearcats will not be the cellar dweller in the Big 12 many expected. Cincinnati lost three straight since opening 2-0 with wins over Eastern Kentucky and Pitt. In other news, the sun is hot. Yeah, I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember those early days of, of convincing myself that, well, you know, 
If just one games. or two of those two of these three games, we were right there in it. And if they'd gone our way, we'd be this and that. God, we did that for two. Oh summers. my lord! I mean, yeah, Cincinnati. I've been there, buddy. It's I've been there. I saw he got asked today because they've had they are, and this is a, a a contrary to what he did here. They've been really bad at explosive plays this season, and he got oh, it. Lord, he got asked, you know, why haven't you guys had? You've had zero runs of forty yards or more this season. What's going on with that? And he was like, "We don't have explosive running backs." I'm like, "Well, that's gonna play well with that's, with the running back room." Yeah, he tried to walk it back a little bit. He's like, "He's like they're really good power runners. They just you know that they don't that they're not those types of game breaking backs." I'm like, "Well, okay, that's that's one explanation." That's not a good sign for your offense either, Sats. Texture says, "Does this pass the eye test?" That's the only metric I'm using for a successful text into the sh- into the show. <laughs> oh. Does the text pass the eye test? He's making fun of Kenny Payne. Ah, <laughs> I was like, "Where's the picture?" <laughs> Texture says, "Okay, I was wrong about the. We've had more pass attempts in every game, but one. It's, oh, it's the opposite. We've had more rush attempts than pass attempts in every game, but so one. that would make my statement more true. So you're correct. Yeah, we've been more yeah. of a, a run first offense with Jeff Rom. It feels that way, does it not? It feels pretty." I mean, I think the the weird thing, I, I, the Georgia Tech game to me, I guess, just stood out so much because it felt like we were throwing it so often. Well, we had to because we fell behind as well. That's that, that, you're, you're right. But um, yeah, no, this team's been, I mean, I feel like he's been, been more, I mean, but that's also Plummer too. I mean, that that was the, the MO on Plummer coming in is he's best playing out of play action, right? I mean, right. That's when he's, so I mean, clear, and, and, and why not be, and you give props to Jeff, I mean, who had to listen to all summer going into this, how, he doesn't have a thousand yard back. He doesn't run right. the ball. Listen, the dude's a chameleon, man. Screw you, Greg Golden. He he knows that this team is built better. That he's going to run this team offensively the way it's best efficiently to run, and that's being more of a run first with the rotation of backs we have, setting up play action, our big guys over the middle. He's going to do it. I mean, and if, if this team wasn't, you know, didn't have the running backs they had, and they had another wide receiver, maybe we'd be out there, you know, bombing it more, but. That's what, that's what, guess what, Satterfield, guess what? Shockingly, that's what good coaches do. It's one of the things, because you're exactly right. It's one of the things that I loved so much about Saturday night. You know, I told the story about when we kicked the field goal to go up, I guess it was to go up 27-13. And there were some people who were like, or maybe it was the field goal that, that we kicked to tie it at 10. Whatever it was. Like, some people were like, I thought Braum was aggressive. You know, why are we kicking? And I was thinking... He sees the flow of the game right now. He sees how well the defense is playing. He knows that we're moving the ball. And, I mean, and he also he didn't ask Jack Plummer to do very much in this game or to do what you would expect Jeff Brom to ask a quarterback to do in a game of this magnitude. He realized that Jawar Jordan was the best player on the field. He realized that our offensive line was kind of kicking the bleep out of them up front. And so he's like, okay, cool. We only need to throw the ball 24 times. We're only going to throw the ball 24 times. We'll run it 40 times. Like you said, you don't have to be in a box. Everyone thinks that, you know, when they think Jeff Brom, passing, 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 offense, 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 shootouts, bad defense, all that stuff. Well, when he's got a good defense and when he's got a good running game, he's not afraid to rely on that. And you saw that firsthand on Saturday night. I think it's a great point. The best coaches aren't coaches that just have a system and they've got to adhere to it regardless of this. The best coaches are the ones that have a system and then are willing to, you know, be a chameleon, like you said, when the situation calls for it. And that's what we see, we've we seen from Jeff Brom so far. I know this might sound crazy because, I mean, we, we've talked about Brom offense, Brom offense, Brom offense, running or passing. I mean, this team right now, defense is leading this way. I mean, we don't I mean, we don't win the NC State game without defense. We don't win. I mean, I'm not saying it's all one-sided, but 
I mean, the fact is the defense has been the better of the two sides of the ball, which is crazy to say because the offense has been good, I think. It is sort of you know, wild to think we're sitting here at 6-0 and in a top 15 team, and the two big concerns that I think the fan base had about hiring Jeff Brom, if there were, you know, I think most of the fan base was very excited about Jeff, but if you were getting nitpicky, you were like, eh, you know, that defense wasn't always great up there. They're, they're bringing the same coordinators over. They're bringing the same scheme over. And that run game, you know, not the 1,000-yard rushers, well, I mean, we're 6-0, and and I think the two strongest parts of our team yeah. right now are our defense, especially up front, and our running game. Yeah. Like, that's props to him. I mean, it's, it, he's got it done. And, look, you, ha- I think there's been a lot made, and we're going to talk more about it as this week goes on, about Brom teams getting up, like, big game Brom, upsetting Ohio State, upsetting Iowa, winning. You know, he's had more wins as an underdog. I think 22 wins as an underdog than any other coach in America over the same stretch of time. But then they would always turn around and they would lose to somebody that they're not supposed to lose to. And I think that is because so many of those Purdue teams were, you know, their makeup was what we just said. They were pass-heavy, and they were a little bit iffy on defense. That's a recipe that can get you beaten by a worse team. We don't have that recipe this year. Like We are very good at running the ball, and we're very solid defensively. That makes you, I'm not saying it makes you upset-proof, but it does make you far less susceptible to losing to an inferior opponent. And that's why I feel better about Saturday's game and about the games against Virginia and Virginia Tech than I would if we were airing it out and throwing the ball 55 times a game and relying on Jack Plummer to be really good and winning every, you know, beating everybody 48-32 or something like that. Like We should be, like, we're rock solid right now. Well, I'm, yes. And I'm rock solid right now. You have no idea. (laughs) How true that statement is. 100% true, factual, yes. Let's take a break when we come back. More from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show Tuesday edition here on 1450 and 96.1 The Are we just going with early, like, 2000s rock band music? No, I just I can't play Linkin Park without thinking of 311. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. Why? I don't know why, how hard I try. Every time I hear 311, I think of it. I can't mind. think of 311 without thinking of Incubus. They were very similar. Well, I think of 51st Dates. Well, I think that I think also they tried to get... There's, like, a rivalry between the two. Was there? Yeah. Well, I feel like that was, like, the... the I feel like watching those two fight would be like when Seth Rogen or Seth MacFarlane and the dude tried to fight in A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. They're doing like the fake fighting with each other so nobody would mess with them. What percentage of people listening do you think have seen that movie? 16%. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? You still chose to make the reference. Of course not. <laughs> hey, I don't do it for the whole 100%. I do it for that, that special 16%. Just do it for that 16%. I do it for every bit. Because you know what? I'll make a reference in a little later in the show. It's only probably 9%. It's not even part of that 16%. And for those people, 
I got your back. And half the time it's for like 0%. Or just me. It's just for you, basically. Or the joke when I'm making a joke just for you and me only. That happens. And you get mad because I'm like, I'm doing my my, my, uh, yeah. my Andy Andy uh, Kaufman. <laughs> Andy Kaufman got a movie. Hey, I can only be so lucky to have a movie made after me and Jim Carrey starring as me. You're running out of time to make that happen. <laughs> you have to get very famous. Very First of famous. all, I don't think Jim Carrey would play me either. Who would play you in a movie? Horatio Sands. Arnie, Arnie, what's the name? Arnie Lang. Yeah, well. I mean, because. Both are problematic. The, the, yeah, because here's the thing. Like, for, like, good, fat comedy, like, they all die at 28. So, like, I can't do, I don't have, Chris, you know, I don't have Chris Farley. I don't have John Candy. Kevin James is still going strong. Yeah, but you guys said funny. Kevin James is funny. <laughs> okay, and explain to me this, and here's something I need to explain. What the hell is, what, why, what's with the, with the, the King of Queens meme that's, like, popular now? Why? Why why did it suddenly become like this the meme to go to everywhere? I think there was a like Our show's been off the air for a lot years. of people were posting about like the twenty year anniversary of the show okay. debuting. And I think people just kind of discovered that picture and it became it's it's a very funny picture. I mean it's yeah, but I just don't get like everywhere now it's like become like it's become the, the Kermit sipping tea meme, which by the way I never understood why that was like I mean, is there an internet meme that you understand? No. So there's no point in trying to talk about this. Internet memes have a life of their own. Who yeah. knows where they came from? Like the one with the woman screaming at the cat. I don't get that one either. Well, you, again, you don't get any of them. No, you don't have to get it. They, they shouldn't be that hard to think about, though. They should be like, oh yeah, like that's the point. Like seventy-eight year old Trevor. <laughs> back to the text line. We don't, we don't have time for this. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Bring text back line. Sixteen-year-old Trevor. Texas Trevor can't change his name. He has a calculator with his name on it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. you. Can't just change that spelling. Yeah. Come on. I bet you Trevorio doesn't have a calculator with his name on it. <laughs> Trevor. I mean, I had enough hard enough time finding my name on stuff at gas stations growing up. That dude is in hell. Yeah, that would be. I was going through something. I found can't my. Can't find that license, that bike I, license plate at Disney World. I, I found a, uh, I guess my one trip to Toronto, I, I didn't realize I had this I found the other day, was the uh, Toronto Blue Jays magnet with my name on it. Ooh. Which I'm amazed I had that because I was like, "How? What are the odds of like?" Does your family throw away anything? No, <laughs> I thought we were bad. No, no, I no. It's no, it's me. It's not my mom. It's me. My mom because my mom loves having yard sales, but the thing is, is when she has a yard sale, she likes to sell stuff that isn't hers. Hmm. Like my mom will be like, "I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna do some organ- organizing," and she'll go my, she'll just go in my room and like move stuff around. My mom did sell at one point in time. Like when I got out of wrestling in like the mid '90s, she sold all of my early '90s, late '80s wrestling figures in the ring, which I could have sold 20 years later for like hundreds of dollars. And Probably I was not, but yeah, pretty pissed about it. Yeah, I love that everyone has a story of like the mom selling their like valuable toys. She did because then she looked it Usually up. Usually, it was the old the the, uh, the baseball cards. From yeah, the she never sold my baseball cards, but she like like 15 years later, another one of the moms that she worked with sold all of these like same figures that I had. On eBay and made like two thousand dollars. So I was like, "Well, that sucks. Could have used that money." Did you tell your mom you want the money back now? Kind of, yeah. I mean, she's got a good job. She can probably pay it, right? Yeah. <laughs> mom, you owe me two grand. You owe me two grand. I'll take I'll take Venmo or cash or check. I do like that somebody texted like after three minutes of our basketball discussion was like, "Go back to football." <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says KP is just so unbelievably bad on the mic. Just, I mean, he he is. 
It's not great. But it's nobody just, cares if he wins. I mean, I don't know. Something about the way he just talks. Like this, I mean, it just... I'm, I don't mind. I, like, I don't care like about... He's pretentious, and he's like, just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, just, it's something about it just irks me. I don't care about the inflection or the lack of enthusiasm or anything like that. My only problem is the things that he say. Like, like at this point in time, like last year, I, I had concerns going into the first season. I wanted to be comforted. I, I wanted him to like give me a sense of, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm in charge. I've got this. And I never got it. And we won four games. And obviously, I think now all of us are looking for something to grab onto, something to say, I think it's going to be different. This guy, he's the right man for the job. Not only can we be much better in year two, but eventually he can win national championships here. And the way that he talks and the things that he says don't inspire confidence in me whatsoever. Because no. like, it, it's a whole lot of the same thing, just slightly differently packaged every time. And you can't help but wonder, like, is he giving – that's – I mean, how is he supposed to motivate the players then? I mean, you, it, I mean, you assume it's gonna it's different behind closed. But, again, we're doing a lot of assuming. Well, we have to. Right. I mean, we keep saying, like, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I assume. I want to be wrong, I want to be wrong. And then we go out there, and the team, up until now, has not given us any reason to think differently. Hopefully, starting tomorrow night uh, with the red-white scrimmage, that changes. And we're like, damn, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's totally right. Would you at least have more optimism if we had more, and, and this might obviously, this depends on what the footage you get, but more behind-the-scenes look into this offseason and going into the season. We had, you know, I don't know whether it be video packages or just, just some kind of behind-the-scenes look. Would would that give you more optim- blind optimism, or would it just require seeing like a positive, you know, impact in the behind the scenes that you're seeing? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, the, my issue is we saw 32 games last year, and I never saw. And that's the play where we're stuck in our mouth, though. Right. I I, I never saw a cohesive like system. Uh, I, I still don't really know what we're trying to, what our identity is going to be defensively. He's never elaborated on what our defensive identity is supposed to be. Um, you know, we threw a, different things out as games went on. The effort level always dwindled. Uh, the the out of bounds plays were not good. So, like, you know, what am I supposed to think? Like, like at this point, the only thing that's going to really inspire confidence in me is going out and seeing good basketball. And, and again, like Louisville fans, we but, 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 we know good basketball when we see it. And last year, it was just it was never it, it never was like oh they're 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 close they're turning a corner. I can see how with an influx of talent, this could be something that would work. None of it worked. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if we were getting some, you know, I mean, I know we joked about the Zampane's tip in, but, you know, just, you know, uh, I don't know. Honey Hatfield. Nah, that's hit, not going to do anything for me. Honey Hatfield hit some jump shots. I mean, it, 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 would, it would couldn't hurt, though, right? We saw Sidney Curry hit, like, 17 threes last year before a season. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But that, at least. I don't want to see that. I don't I, care. I, don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm just thinking there's got to be a way to, like, just at least try to help a little bit. I mean, I think it would. I think there's some part of the fan base that it would help get motivated for the season, though. I did not like one of the things that we have not talked about. You know, during Kenny Payne's media availability, he kind of was expressing some of the same concerns about Brandon Huntley Hatfield that we heard all last year. He called him the X Factor. He he, he, but it was also like you know when he wants to play hard, he can be really good. When he wants to do what we do, I'm like that's you said that all last year, and he was not good. Like so, so like it makes me very concerned. 12 months later that we're hearing the same things about him. Like, at some point in time, again, you're the head coach. It falls on you. You've got to motivate him. You've got to get the most out of him. You're the big man whisperer. Make something happen here. So, hopefully that's him just kind of downplaying expectations, slow playing what he hopes is going to be a breakout season because 
it's a lot of the same talk that we heard last year, and last year it never really got better with him. I mean, no one nailed Honey Hatfield better than his girlfriend than you when you called him a 6'10 BJ King. That's was, and that never really changed. I uh, know it hasn't. I mean, it was dead on. Like I, when you said it, I laughed because I thought it was funny, but now it's not funny because it's true. Texas, did you see guy? Did you see where Mario Cristobal has yet to win a conference home game with Miami? We did. Yeah, we did. It <laughs> makes me feel a lot better. They've all been. That's just bad, man. They've been pretty lopsided too. So he he lost to UNC by three, in the, the his first home ACC game, which was two years last year. Or two years last year. This, year. this is the second year. So then he, they lost to Duke forty five to twenty one, yeah. Florida State forty five to three, Ugh. Pitt forty two to sixteen. Not even a good Pitt team. And then Georgia Tech this year in the most embarrassing fashion ever twenty three twenty. I mean that makes me feel a little bit better. It'll I'll feel a lot better if they're still a winless at home when we go down there and play yeah, in say. the second to last game of the regular season. <laughs> Texas, I hate that I feel this way, but I also just feel angry when I hear Payne talk. Braun makes me want to run through a wall. Payne makes me want to put one up so that I can get back to thinking about football. It's, yeah. I agree. Texas says, I really hate when Kenny Payne talks bad about the players' families from last year. That ain't cool. I, I, I had an issue. Did he say that about the family? Did I miss that part? I mean, he implied it by saying, like, we're going to get kids from good families moving forward. Oh, Lord, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Texas says, hey, Mike, it's Angry Guy. I hear you're back talking about basketball today, so I'm back. He said, pieces of bleed. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same number that said he was Angry Guy yesterday. I don't think this is Angry Guy, though. I'm, I'm, I think this is an impossible. I like it. I like this Angry Guy, though. This Angry Guy, he's, he's comedic timing. is yeah, way better he's, than he usually is. He's funnier than the other Angry Guy. Texas said, quote, when it squalled, some of you all left me outside. <laughs> I missed the squall episode. I forgot about that. That was the first time I had COVID. <laughs> was it? Who knew that squall was going to change my life forever? <laughs> Squall's still going. Squall, I'm still stuck in the squall, figuratively. Texas says, Payne made his own reign last year. Some people are upset we haven't seen more of him, but frankly, anytime we do see him, it's ten times worse. I kind of agree. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I just don't know, like... Clearly, only getting the one every six months is not working. So, I mean, to at least maybe try more press. I don't know. I mean, could it get worse? Texas says you can say that this team passed the eye test, but that doesn't matter if you don't win games. I mean, at the end of the day, like ever, like he can say this. We can debate this all we want. The fact of the matter is, if he doesn't win enough games this year, it's it's over. It's done. And if he does, he's here for another three years, or he's here for another year. The I think where it gets. Where the eye test stuff does come up, and the you know they, you know, the system, and and they're playing harder, and they look like they're a cohesive unit, chemistry is better, all that stuff, is if we're in that kind of gray area, where let's say they win 18, 19 games, and they're never really a threat to win the NCAA tournament, but they're competitive in the ACC. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat in the non-conference portion of the season. They don't look embarrassing. They're not out there like just giving terrible effort. It seems like this is something that can work moving forward. That's when I think the whole passing the eye test stuff comes into play. But if he goes, if he wins 10 games or if he wins 25, this isn't even a discussion. Who cares about it? Like, clearly he's the guy or clearly he's not the guy. Oh, God. That, that's for Red. Just go out there and look like you're showing effort, not giving up. Well, that's what that was supposed to be last year. I mean, it that's, just, I mean that's why last year bothered me so much. You're this, so true, but it's so sad. That was supposed to be what last year was. Like, they, they suck, but they're, my God, they're playing hard. This is going to be so much better. I believe in this guy. They scratched out 11 wins. They scratched out 12 wins. Now let's see what he can do. Recruiting is going to go great. And instead, we're having that discussion about his second team, which is, to me, just, I don't want to say unacceptable because people are like, well, I, I don't accept this. Well, okay, what are you going to do? 
but it, it does feel like this. It's, not, it's something you should not be preaching in a program like Louisville when you've already been on the job for a year and a half, essentially. In a day and air where you can turn things around quickly if you actually want to embrace that. That's the thing. You look around the country, and it's like other coaches at lesser programs are not saying, not giving the same talk about long rebuild and long. Like they're winning right away at programs that are in worse shape than us and have less advantages than we do. So it kind of makes us wonder. You think Kenny Payne has dial up internet and a BlackBerry phone? I'm trying. I I'm not taking cheap shots. Just saying. I mean, moving now, buddy. Texas man, Mike, y'all just got to go play a Kenny Payne press conference to get me all aggravated. So here we go. <laughs> I'm glad to hear, all caps, glad to hear our head coach isn't concerned about wins again. If we pass the eye test and still lose, are you good with that, Kenny? No. Texas Nolan is so full of bleep. No way that he even believes what he says. I, there's no way either. I mean, it's, and it's just insulting for him to, like, that that whole that whole answer and that whole in that interview was just it's insulting to me and everyone else with intelligence. You know, he talks about. You really on, think we believe that crap? I'm on the way home and I see that it gets out somehow and oh, I feel so terrible God. for the kids. If it was that much of a concern, then you don't even risk it, right? Exactly. You, if you're that concerned about the players hearing something, or maybe you and, tell them this, there's nothing to you be know, concerned about. Last year, the whole thing was these kids have been through so much. Like we're trying to love them up. If if you're that much, if you're that concerned about their mental state and wanting to buy into what you're doing, then as much as you maybe want to be a head coach one day and go through the process and get that experience, like you say, you still don't risk it because you put the kids ahead of yourself. That's part of the job. So I, I just – I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't either. I don't. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I may get a 14 of ACT, but I'm not that stupid. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> I'm just saying. Texas says he interviewed for fun, but he didn't tell anyone, LOL. I mean, yeah. Have you ever gone inter- a job interview for a quote – Fun. No. Isn't it what Sat told us about South Carolina? It was just I just I went. I was, I was just bored, just doing it for fun. At least Nolan Smith, according to the story that's out there now, told Kenny Payne about it. Satterfield did not tell Vince Tyree about it. I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, no, don't. Texas, if the story about Payne and Nolan is said is true, why wouldn't they go ahead and clear up the rumors and speculation back in August? Because it's not true. Because they weren't talking. <laughs> Texas, Kenny would be a good coach at Boston Sunshine Academy, fictional school attended by May, <laughs> May uh, Funk in Arrested Development. Maybe. Maybe. That's right. Maybe. He spelled Name was right. maybe, yeah. Uh, the alternative school does not give out grades but measures progress in pictures and emotions. Maybe got a crocodile in spelling. Is that true? I don't remember that. I think it's one of the newer episodes. Okay. When, when I was going to say, I, I'd... When they re- released the season, I got like halfway through it, and it wasn't awful, but I just, never, I just for some reason never finished it. First four seasons of the original are great. Though. They're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the Fall City Fixer says, I'm not saying there's any connection, but is it possible that Flowers left because he knew Nolan Smith was trying to leave? I don't think so. No, I think he just, yeah, he was going to leave regardless. No, no one was, was, he was just doing a job interview for fun. Or whether he was going to actually, yeah, I think Trey was, was bouncing no matter what. Texas, I'm fine with Narducey's comments. Let him prepare his team for a Satterfield team. <laughs> Easier game for our kids. <laughs> As to Smith and in his interview, another rat leaving a sinking ship. I like the first part. Uh, that's, that's a good. That is. The, <laughs> I agree. If they are preparing for Scott Satterfield, then okay, got a different thing. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Texas, what did you think of the option plays that we ran with Plummer? I thought it worked better than the Conley package, but my heart is always in my throat on option pitches. They clearly saw something on film 
I think that was that, that was also them trying to make uh, Notre Dame worry about the edges so they can get on the inside zone with, with Jawar and break up the big one like they did. I think you're probably right. I think they also saw something that led them to believe that they could be successful there. And yeah. every time they ran it, they were. And there was, like, yeah. I, I thought, you know, they got into a situation every, I think all three times they ran that true option where it was one player on the edge trying to contain both Plummer and we ran it with Garendo twice and, yeah. and Garendo. And either time, Plummer could have kept it and probably gotten like six, seven yards himself, but chose to give it off to Garendo, who got you know seven, eight, nine. And I thought that was a smart thing to do. It, it just for whatever, like they definitely saw something, and it it absolutely worked. But I'm with you. Like when I when they were running it, I'm like, like you know, just options are yeah, are, are risky. Anytime, yeah. Anytime I see a quarterback yeah pitch the ball that doesn't normally doesn't normally pitch, it does. Yeah, it's yeah. bound to make you feel a little worried. But on the other hand, though, on both the um, and each time he pitched it, it was like it wasn't like he was being. Ready to be hit. Like he had plenty of time to pitch that ball, I feel like. And it with with no like guys barreling right down on him to where it made me too nervous. But I'm glad I didn't do it too much. Same, same. Texture says KP is the greatest UK plant I've ever seen. Only that dude can get digs in it, fans upset over a four and twenty eight season just about every time he talks, yet still has a faction of the fan base that will defend him if we go two and thirty this year. I mean, did, I think you referred to that. Some of those those supporters left him out in the rain, though, right? Didn't even give him an umbrella. I mean, I, the texture is, is or obviously a newspaper. A which bit I, never the newspaper. I do not like the whole like acting like it's outrageous that fans would be upset after a four and twenty eight season at a place like Louisville. Like you, you know, again, you know, he he goes in the whole spiel about I played here, I get this place. Exactly, you played here. You were on national championship winning teams. You know that that that's the expectation here. We had had one 20 loss season in the 109 year history of our program before last year, and it was exactly 20 wins. And it was at the low point of the Denny Crum era. And we still won like 13 games. We went 13 and 20. You lost 28 and won four in a year where the ACC was as down as it's been since we've joined the conference. The fact that you, the fact that he doesn't seem to understand why fans would be up in arms or why there would be pressure on him about his, his job security. It just kind of blows my mind, and it does sort of reek of a little bit of arrogance. And like again, again, as somebody who is who's obsessed with this program for my entire life and who wants to see it succeed more than anything, when you're not acting like you're as upset as we are, it does kind of it makes me upset in turn. I'm like, well, I mean, like, how how do you not get this? How do you not see this? How how do you what part of four and twenty eight at Louisville makes sense to you? It just like it, it does. It kind of it. Upsets me. Well, he's got to rebuild everything, Mike. He inherited he inherited just a group of a, a, a bushel of bad apples. Texter says, uh, "It's BS, right?" Yeah, yeah. Texas long text. Sorry, no problem. Someone should really show Kenny Payne that b-ball entrance video from maybe 2014 or 15, where Rick is talking about how families give up taking vacations, etc., just to pay for season tickets and show up to support the team. Rick understood that the team had to earn support. It isn't a charity. You don't put butts in seats that cost literally thousands per season because we are beholden to you. It's a two-way street. He is doing the same shame the fans thing that Charlie Strong tried. The difference is that Charlie won games. Uh, Charlie Strong tried. I I just want a team that looks like it's trying to win. Go Cards. I don't think Charlie was shaming. I think Charlie just came from a different atmosphere of football fans and didn't. And, and and wanted this wanted that from Louisville, which you weren't going to get right away, and 
Charlie's big mistake was trying to say that we need to be more like Kentucky. That was the bad comparison too. But when you're coming from from Florida football, and I I get that, I get where Charlie's coming from a little bit. It just you, you got to read the room a little bit. That is one. Of the, yesterday when I was talking about how like you can't you can't pay for the type of understanding that you get with Jeff Brom and his contract. Just being a guy yeah. who's from this area, who played here, who went to you know went to high school here, who coached here after his playing career was done. Like like he gets it in a way that none of these other guys could. I think Charlie Strong did fully buy into the UofL culture. I don't think Scott Satterfield did. I think John L. Smith did. Bobby Petrino did to a degree. At I think times. Charlie wanted to. I think he tried to bring it up. To, he wanted it to be the right. Like, other, uh, no, yeah. I think he did. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But but I think that there's a there's a lack of full understanding that it's not their fault. Like you, but you just can't have it unless you've grown up in this place and you understand certain things. And Charlie Strong talking about how we need to be more like BBN. Is something that I mean, Jeff. Imagine Jeff Brom slipping up and saying that. Like, no. it would never in a million years happen. Uh, you know, Petrino. Petrino got the rivalry more, but that was just because he was an a hole and they pissed him off in his first game against them. Well, so, Petrino hates everybody. He, so. he does hate everybody. That was the great Jalen Smith quote. Where he's oh like, no, he, he's not racist. He, he hates everybody. He's like nobody could ever accuse him of being racist. That mother bleeper hated everybody. So it is a great quote though. It's fantastic. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that you you're seeing a little bit of the. The Patino video, I believe, is the 2010-11 entrance video, which was the the bridge year with Preston Knowles. And I remember the video. Yeah, he, he's talking to the lock, he he's talking to the locker room, and he's saying, you know, people they go without vacations, they go without trip, like they they do all this stuff because, and it's all of the Mike Mara head nod in that video too. He's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. But it is so true. Like that's how much the program means to everybody. And when you minimize it, for whatever reason. It's just not going to sit well with anybody. You, you know, when you're like, you, everyone needs to be patient. Everyone should be okay with winning four games. Everyone needs to be okay if we just pass the eye test but don't win a ton of games this year. No. Like, like th- this is not Ball State. This is Louisville, <laughs> for God's sake. It's time, like, we start need to start acting like it again. I don't, uh, there goes our fanship in Muncie, Indiana. I don't care. Cardinals greater than but greater than signed Cardinal. Although I think Ball State's the Cardinals too. They're the Cardinal. Bonzi Wells just confirmed he will never come on the show. Well, he's banned. So David Letterman was like, "Screw you." Yeah, I do like Letterman. Yeah, he went to yeah. Texas says Trevor wouldn't. Texas says quote one Trevor wouldn't. You wouldn't even go to El Mundo. You're not making it to El Paso. Quote two Victor Wimbledon. Quote three Trevor going emo after discussing one segment of basketball. Great stuff today, guys. <laughs> I do. I feel like you bring up basketball. And I'm like. Like, I want to go to a Denny's and drink coffee on a refill. Justin and Brittany World. (laughs) Second, where is El Mundo? Uh, El Mundo's great. It's the one on, uh, I think it's on uh, Frankfurt Avenue. Very good Mexican. Best, (laughs) I'll say this right now. Best uh, nachos in the city. Do they they have DoorDash? They are on DoorDash. Okay, well, I'm going to be checking out El Mundo. Fantastic nachos. Their mole enchiladas are delicious. I'm in the mood for, I kind of could go for some nachos, uh, a little taco Tuesday, and it's, Title Tuesday, AEW has actually moved up tonight. They're playing. AEW's on tonight. On Tuesday, ooh. They had to because of uh, NHL on uh, TBS. Ah. I think that, or, or maybe not MLB. Or they're, they're, so yeah. you're getting bumped off for preseason NHL hockey? No, it's, it's got to be MLB then. They're, they're showing, yeah, they're getting bumped for that. Texas. Which is why NXT is bringing out, like, Undertaker and John Cena tonight because they're, like, oh. they're desperate to beat AEW at one time on a Tuesday night ratings. Texas TK isn't the only one in his house that likes spanking. What what do you say? My my dogs don't like to be spanked. 
Texture says, uh, Loki favorite play of the night was Jalen Alderman shooting the gap and tattooing the running back on third and one in the second half. Oh, that oh, was fantastic. Yes. That was great. He and TJ Quinn both got through, but that Alderman's- was the backup running back too. Cause the other, or was that the one that knocked the running back out? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a blow to the, the Jordan kid. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. That was, it was beautiful. Yeah. All right. We got to get our five o'clock hour is oh, up yeah. next. Keep it locked right here. More Mike Rutherford show is on the way here on Played about the five o'clock music yesterday, and you come back with Creed twenty-four hours later. What's on Creed? Out here, yeah. Is Creed the nineties Nickelback, or was Nickelback in the nineties? I can't remember. Uh, they both were early two thousand. So. Okay. I think like Creed was that band, like everyone was like, "Oh no, who likes Creed?" And then like, Nickelback kind of took that and ran with it. They were popular at the same time. Okay. What I mean, is there a legit theme? No, it's just, it's just all early two thousands rock bands, pretty much. I think it created, I think, of uh, Books a Million. There was a time. Christina the Grouch. 2003. The Grouch. Oh, every band. That. That sang like this. We had to say like this. It was the worst time for music. What's what's the Ted? You can do any 90s song, which is the Bows. I have no idea what you're talking hey, about. Hey, I owe you. <laughs> no clue. You remember that? No Ted? clue what you're talking about. Ted. I know Ted. That reference is for the nine percent people out there. There once you again, go. Once, once again, we're and you're clearly not one of them. What's I don't get what's wrong with Creed, by the way. Creed was did Creed ever? Is Creed still around? No. <laughs> Have you seen the clip? You remember Creed's a halftime performance, the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, like two thousand one. Very famous performance. No, <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things that America has ever produced. <laughs> Wait a minute, was that the performance or the Cowboys? Uh, both probably. Okay. Somebody just sent this in. So there's a listing. Are you familiar? Do you even know what Zillow is? Oh, no, no. Zillow is the uh, the um, 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 the, the house the yes, yes. realtor, right? They list houses uh, yeah. on Zillow. So there's a listing on Zillow. It's in Lexington. It's on Richmond Road, which is, if you're not familiar, it's where John Calipari lives. It's very large houses, very, very wealthy houses. Okay. But it's, like, very public. You can drive down Richmond Road. You know, it's not hard to get to. But there's a listing for a house on Richmond Road for $849,000, four beds, three baths. And it has the standard write-up of, you know, what you see, like tons of storage space, all this good stuff. The very last line says this. As per seller, UK fans, this house is close enough for Coach Calipari to borrow your weed eater, but apparently too far for him to return it. wonderful did, did cal steal someone's weed eater cal apparently <laughs> stole somebody's weed eater he borrowed a weed eater never gave it back <laughs> bad neighbor 101 okay i this it's just this well is, you can't trust john calipari no you can't i mean obviously he thought he i mean you you clearly made him mad when he came over and you know how he is without you he'll take his ball and go home yeah i don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just my lack of like you know bob Bila in me or anything but like i've 
because I like to live everything like my life out like I watched in movies and grew up you know doing, which is why I didn't have very much fun on jury duty or in college. But like the one thing I've never grasped is like the borrowing of tools from neighbors. Like I've never gone to a neighbor and been like, "Can I borrow your leaf blower?" And I've never had anybody come to my house and be like, "Can I borrow anything?" Like, do you have, do you do that with your neighbors? Do you borrow like tools from your neighbors and vice versa? Yes. So is it just me? I, I can't speak for everybody. I I I, I do it. Okay. So I you, love my neighbors, though, but you say you like don't know your neighbors. No, I know my neighbors. I mean, I know the Ethridge next door. I've known her my whole life. I know the. Because every time I talk about my neighbors, you're like, you know more of your neighbors in eight years. Than I, I have the neighbors that live next to me that they've been there for about a decade, and I still don't know their name, but they're Chicago. That's what I call them because they're big Chicago fans. And they call that to their face? No. Okay. I, I use the pronoun game when I see their face. I'm like, <laughs> hey, how's it going, homie? What up, G-Money? What's up, buddy? Uh, the last time I saw him, I was like, how about that? The Blackhawks went in the lottery on the, the, the hockey kid. He's like, yeah. Um, and then I know Ryan's grandmother across there. And then, then the crazy family whose you know, women are walking into my house randomly but are looking for their house on the other side. Was there any update with that? No, no. But Love I'll, connection? I'll, I did find out, though, that she is. That I did confirm with, with my other neighbor that she is the one that got into like a screaming fight with the girl that lives in that house a few oh, like, weeks ago. And that's not good. Like, the cops had to come, and they were like, she like was hitting her car with a bat and stuff. That's probably not worth it. So she sounds like she's right up my alley. I think I'm going to call her next week. Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> but anyways, if you if you buy that house on Richmond Road, don't ask John Calipari for a favor. He probably also leaves shopping carts in the middle of uh, shopping cart par- parking lots. I can see John Calipari being the one that calls the cops when you park the wrong way on the street, too. True sociopath. Yeah. No, no question about it. Uh, Saturday night's game, we, we've talked a lot about it this week. We, you know, we've deviated a little bit today. Unfortunately, we take a road down basketball alley, and, and that was not met with approval by anybody. But we did what we had to do. What we, one thing we haven't talked about is the recruiting impact of winning a game like Saturday nights. Because, look, we brought in one of the most highly rated classes in the history of Louisville football this year, but it was a class that was only partially Jeff Brahms. A lot of it had been built before he got here. He kept some guys. He lost some guys. He brought in some other guys. But it was a it was kind of a it was a mixed bag. This year is his first full recruiting class that will be his. And while it's it has a solid foundation, it's not quite hit in terms of the high four stars, the occasional flirting with a five star that some people were hoping for. All that matters less because Brom killed in the transfer portal last year, and we would expect him to do the same this year. But I think there's still some people wondering about a little bit more buzz on the recruiting trail. You had some solid prospects in town on Saturday. Here's what some of them had you to say. A lot of prospects in town. You, you had a bunch. Some of them high four star kids. Some of them low five star kids. One one Notre Dame had committed. How did that feel for you? I'm wondering. I'm curious how he flipped the wide receiver out of Indiana. If they just hazed the bleep out of that kid all weekend. <laughs> this is what you want to go to. <laughs> but one of the one of the prospects who was in town, Hussan Longstreet, who is a the, the number four overall quarterback in the class of 2025. I don't know if you know this. Jeff Brom's got a pretty solid track record with quarterbacks. I've heard that. He's from California. He said this. The atmosphere was amazing. From the beginning to the end, the entire team set the tempo from the start. That performance made me speechless the way their energy was maintained throughout the whole game. Great leadership and great execution by the Cardinals. Longstreet has close to 30 offers. Louisville showing him that he can play on the stage that he's looking for close to the next level. He said, asked about his his list and Louisville's interest. It's definitely a program in the running thus far. They've got great leadership, a talented team, and exciting fans. Brentwood Academy, a little closer to home in Tennessee. Running back Colby Harmon was also in the building. He said, he said it was an amazing environment. The culture in the crowd and how the players interacted with each other was nice to see. 
And most importantly, this team has lots of potential. Their DBs were locking up all night, and the receivers were making great plays. I'm excited to see where they go this season. Uh, another Nashville prospect, Lipscomb Academy defensive lineman Amir Leonard John Charles, great name, said, the energy is always high in Louisville. After the game, I rushed the field and celebrated the win with the coaches and the players, and it was insane. You can clearly see that the cards are going to be a problem for the rest of the ACC, and I'm definitely coming back to watch it all go down. And finally, Marcelo Vidi, a Dearborn Divine Child 2026 athlete from Michigan who was offered during his visit, said the crowd was great. A lot of the fans talked about the city not having their own professional team, so if you play at Louisville, you're treated like a pro. The crowd was genuine without the hype. They had a big win against ND. The coaches loved my film and are recruiting me as an athlete because they think I can play on both sides, and they will figure that out once I come there. Hmm. I like that. I like all that. I saw that we also offered a, a kid from Murray who's one of the higher-rated prospects in the state. We're doing a lot of in-state recruiting right now. I, think we're, we're, I like that. We're back to going head-to-head with Kentucky for some of the better players. We're definitely trying to keep all the, the Louisville highly-touted kids in our own backyard. But it sounds like, I mean, look, games like that can only have a positive impact both for players who are in town on campus for the actual game and the players who were one of the 5.12 million people watching from home. Good news. Anyway, you slice it on the recruiting trail. I mean, you couldn't have asked. I think we had like 26 total recruits, I think, and down for this game or something like that. Like, it just, I mean, you ranging from two-star to, I think some, like you mentioned four stars, and you heard a, you could have asked for a better atmosphere, a better result. I mean, right. perfect timing in, in, in terms of, of, of when, to, when to bring in the good recruits and when, and, and when to show them the right, the right thing they want to see. Love it. This is another, another example of Jeff Brom just walking on water on the way to a, a playoff appearance. I listened to, so I was listening to a bunch of podcasts from Notre Dame people last week to get ready for the game. I talked about that on Thursday and Friday. You did. You got me pumped up and angry. So I went back and listened to some of them. I couldn't help myself. I went back and some of them were like three hours long. Some of these Notre Dame podcasts, they do like three episodes a day. It's unreal how much content they're putting out there, but it's a big fan base. They, you know, they're, they're rabid. I, I can see why you would do it. I guess there's big money in it. But some of, the, like, some of them, like their, their post-game pods were legitimately three hours long, so I didn't listen to the entire Same. things. But I wanted to get a taste of, of what some of these people who were so cocky coming into the game were thinking. They are, Trev, they are on like full-on sports suicide watch. Like the, <laughs> they lost us. The sky is absolutely falling in South Bend. Like, like it is, you know, the coaches is unacceptable. The players play is unacceptable. The, you know, Sam Hartman in big games, unacceptable. We don't have enough speed on the outside. We don't have enough talent in the trenches. You know, they, they just destroyed. And it's still a lot of, I mean, maybe it's because they don't want to just fully admit they were wrong, but it's a whole lot of, I still don't think that Louisville's that good. It's more about us than it was about them. We got dominated by a just okay team. I do think that there was some. I mean, it, like, the, the coping is off the charts, but like it, it's a whole lot of, I, I do think that they were worn out. They look tired. Yeah, they don't bring up the midterms as much as the the broadcast did, which I finally heard that clip, and I was like, oh, my God, please, <laughs> just spare me. But like, Notre Dame fans are, as badly as you thought that they might take a loss like this, they're taking it worse. It, it is all. It is very much like complete overreaction, and the best overreaction I've seen, and this, I, I give credit to the, the account Message Board Geniuses, which pulls the worst posts from message boards and posts them every day. This is my best explanation that I've seen from a Notre Dame fan. Fan. Flan might be right, too. Flan? 
It's great dessert. <laughs> Antoine Shimmy from one of the from IrishIllustrated.com says Good name, by the way. I wonder if that's his Christian name. Are you well, are you ready for this? Brace yourself. <laughs> it is clear that we are lacking real quote men of faith on our roster. I agree to that. I see no one linking arms or engaging in prayer when we fall behind. And rarely do our players mention or thank the Lord in postgame interviews. Do we even have a pregame mass anymore? At least if we're going to be mediocre on the field, we can still be champions in the chapel. I hope Micah Shrewsbury, the new basketball coach, takes note. We have a better chance of rescuing the promised land on the hardwood with Father Pete involved. God, country, Notre Dame, Irish all day, every day, every night, and twice on Sundays. There it is. We said it twice on Sundays thing. Do you think my picture of touchdown Jesus with the bird mask? On his head, got in that guy's head. It really does say Notre Dame all every day and twice on Sundays. Yeah, I told you. I, I didn't. I didn't just make that up. I would have. I mean, I use that phrase a lot now. I feel like I need to retire it. It's done. I mean, <laughs> um, so many things. One is Antoine Shimmy the screen name for Matt Bevin. <laughs> Second, <laughs> I'm just curious. Champions, I like how it's capitalized, by the way. Champions, capital in the chapel. Capital in the chapel, not capitalized. Chapel, not capitalized. capitalized. I feel like chapels should be capitalized. You'd think. It's not. But Um, you think if he's going to capitalize random words, they'd be the religious words. I mean, Shrewsbury, I mean, I guess uh, hopefully he's the religious man. I don't know. I mean. Never been said. He's never been. Yeah, I never really looked into his religion. He's a good coach. But I don't know if he's a champion of the chapel. I mean, that sounds like. They have Father Pete, though, so they're in better shape. I feel like, by the way, if Antoine Jimmy, is that Kenny Payne? Stop. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a Kenny Payne quote, does it not? No. He's a champion of the chapel. I mean, no. We, <laughs> we haven't got it. Uh, the, the other thing that I read, there was a really good, I think it actually is on Irish Illustrated, the, the their 24-7 site, I think, or the rival site. They did a film review, and it was like the, the guy who wrote it. He's got some good clips out there, and he was like, I, "I came into this after watching Saturday's game, wondering if what I had seen with my own eyes in real time was as bad in as it actually was." And then he gets to the post. He's like, "Yep, it's he's like he's like it was just as bad after watching the film, di- dissecting it. It's every bit as bad as you think it's going to be." And he goes on to just play a bunch of clips of, of us manhandling them. Uh, up front defensively, which is great to see. A lot of Mason Riker love, a lot of Ramon Perrier love, uh, two former walk-ons. Once again, that's how you do it, Rudy. It, it's just like, like Notre Dame fans, you can go anywhere. Whatever site you choose, whatever podcast you listen to, they are very much like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. We had Because here's what, you lose the Ohio State game, and it's a close game against a team that's, that's obviously very good, big-time brand, and you feel like you should have won it. They're looking at the rest of their schedule and saying, we rank team in Louisville, but they're, they're not really ranked. If we can just beat USC, that's the toughest part of our schedule. We could win out 11-1, and one, very good shot at going to the playoff. And now that's dashed. Like, it, like, it's over. You're playing for potentially a New Year's Six game, and that's not nearly as sexy as the expectations that you had for this team coming into the year, especially after you landed Sam Hartman. Don't worry, the ABC announcers made it clear that they lost that game now that they were out of the picture. They, they, they pointed that out multiple times during the broadcast. I do love the graphic that was circulating where it was like, ELIMINATED in all caps from consideration. It just like cuts right to your soul. But like they're, like they're I don't know if that's the reason why, but they are just so despondent right now. Like they, like 
we've been in, in sports depression a lot. I can recognize sports depression when I see it. Notre Dame fans are absolutely there. It's it's a sad sight to see. You know what's kind of funny, though, to me, is if you were actually part of the ACC, you wouldn't be out of the picture completely. Maybe join a conference. Maybe grow up. If you happen to actually be in the ACC, at least you have something to play for right now, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have a conference championship to play for. Yeah, and then a chance to maybe go into, you know, possibly, you know, I don't know, maybe even a, a still BCS-type level bowl if you win the ACC. I also saw Andy Staples, who's now with On3, he projected. I know that. Yeah, he, he's been there for, I think this is like second year, maybe his mm-hmm. first year. It, it hasn't been that long. But he projected the college football playoff under the new format if it started today, if it started right now. And we are the 10 seed playing a first-round game in Columbus against the Buckeyes oh, of Ohio State. Can you imagine? Revenge of the Braum game. The texter who texted in was yesterday was so right, too. Like It would be so on brand for us to finish this year like ninth and not get to play in the playoff because it's the year before it expands. But, I mean, just lo- looking at the bracket, the winner of that game would go on to play second-seeded Penn State in the quarterfinals. We, they, have, they have been tested, really. Just looking at that bracket, it just, it, I mean, I'm fully erect. Just looking at it, it's great. Georgia's the one seed, Penn State's the two, Oklahoma's the three, Florida State's the four, and then your first-round games. And we got, can beat Ohio State and Oklahoma. I know that for a We fact. can beat anybody, Trev, Treve. We can beat anybody. The first-round games, you've got Michigan hosting Wyoming, who's the group of five representative. You've got Oregon hosting North Carolina, which there'd be a million points scored in that game. Lord, yeah. You've got Ohio State hosting us. And then you've got Washington hosting Tennessee, or Texas, I should say. Another game where there'd be a million points scored. Like, it just, I'm so excited for the playoff. Even if Louisville's not in it, it's going to be so much fun to watch. I mean, we, yeah, we can. They barely beat Notre Dame with 10 guys. We beat them with 11. Badly. Badly. I know we can beat Ohio State. You're Ryan Day whining about Oscar Brom talking smack to him on a podcast on Louisville Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Day's like, he's gonna call out Howard Schnellenberger. It's like, well, I got bad news for you, Ryan. We're gonna go, we're barking gonna, up the wrong tree. We're gonna now. go for two and win it this time, unlike what happened in, in, in 1992. Let's take some more text here. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take some text here before the end of the break. Uh, when we come back, we'll try to get to as many as we can before the end of the hour, and then we'll look ahead to uh, tonight in Major League Baseball. Make some picks. Although, actually, there's some good football games tonight, too. Oh, that's right. Maxion's back tonight. There's actually three really, well, two oh, good games. I'm excited. I'm trying, I forgot about college football being back on Tuesday. We've got Coastal Carolina at App State, and we've got Liberty going at Jacksonville State, which might be a really good game. I'm excited. Yeah. Texas says to continue the dating analogy. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that. The yeah. coaching staff never talks to us, gets caught trying to date someone else, and lies about us when they did. One of our favorite children left home to get adopted by an Australian family, all while, <laughs> be, all while being the worst partner in our history, and still gaslights us for not being more supportive. That's kind of yeah. We're we we need to we need to step up. Yeah, being mentally abused. We are. We, we're like yeah. We're getting Tina Turner over here. Texas Mike, how do you how do you all think pit changing quarterbacks will affect the game? Well, I hate to I hate that it's happening now because Phil Dracovich was playing very well for the other teams going into the season. <laughs> you know, he did kill us last year, at BC. He did, but it was for, by throwing really simple throws to Zay Flowers. That's and true. Yeah. Flowers go the way. Well, then, not even simple though. Just finding Zay Flowers wide open. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. That was the one game last year. Remember, I think I even came in the Monday after that, and I was like, "This is it's the end. Like this isn't going to work. Yeah. It's clear now." And then we reeled off like five straight wins or whatever it was. But that was the that was the loss that kind of I think effectively doomed any chance we had of, of being who, happy with Scott. Who is Pitt's new quarterback now? Christian Velo, who is a transfer from Penn State. Um, okay. He, I mean, God, I feel like every transfer Penn, from Penn State. I mean, Penn State's had a. I was gonna say, does <laughs> any Penn State quarterback actually not transfer? 
Sean Clifford's still there, right? He's been there for like forever. I, I, we were talking about the Phil Jokovic. I know he's not. He got drafted last no. year. We were talking about the Phil Jokovic uh, position change. He, he actually, Narduzzi did say yesterday, among other things, that Nar, that uh, Jokovic is staying at quarterback. So he's not going to start, but he is, I guess, going to remain the primary backup. So He's big enough to be tight end. There's yeah, there's that. Uh, but, but, yeah, Christian Velo. This is, guy started a little bit in 21, it looks like. He's... Played not done. 26 attempts in two games. He's not done much. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's played sparingly at Penn State in a couple of seasons yeah. and has been not great for Pitt so far this year. 12 of 27 for the Panthers, one touchdown, two interceptions, just 145 total yards. Just so, one start, though, I guess. Yeah, not great numbers in limited sample size. But I, look, the Pitt offense has been – it's not just been Djokovic. They've been pretty dismal across the board. Our defense, I, I hope that they – as long as they're not taking this team lightly and, and still – floating from the Notre Dame win or whatever you want to call it, this should be an offense, regardless of who's playing quarterback, that they have another solid performance against. Texture says, Miami and UK could both be in quit territory if things go rough the next couple of weeks. Stoops essentially told all of his players yesterday that they suck. Yeah, I don't think you That's what he said, pretty much. Miami, I would, I could see going into that, especially the way it happened. Kentucky, I don't see going into a quit mode. I, I'd, I'd be surprised, especially by the time they get to us. I hope Miami doesn't go into quit mode yet because let's – let's. I mean – I mean, it will go right away. Which would you rather see happen right now? Because we are – I mean, look, we're dreaming big right now. We're scoreboard watching a little bit. Oh, well, yeah. We mentioned yesterday that only three undefeated teams in this conference. It's us, Florida State, and North Carolina, none of whom play each other. So there is a realistic possibility that all three could finish 8-0, and then we have these weird tiebreakers. So we're rooting against North Carolina and Florida State. That's obvious. But Miami, we also – I mean – Kind of want them to fall by. So, which would you rather happen this week? Because Miami plays at North Carolina. Would you rather Carolina wins and we just bank on somebody, maybe Clemson, who plays them at, at home this year, knocking them off? Or would you rather have you know, Miami win and set this whole uh, thing let, up? Let Miami win that game. Because I'm saying, yeah, if Miami they, loses, do they fall apart? No, but they can fall apart when they play Florida State before they play us. So I the, do like that that game's set up right before yeah, us. Yeah, the opportunities for them to fall apart are more than there is probably North Carolina losing a game. So, when it comes to between us three, yes, I'm going to root for, and while we're undefeated, I'm rooting for that team to lose. You know, I also wouldn't hate. I would not hate Miami beats Florida State, knocks them from the ranks of the unbeaten, takes them away from tiebreaker concerns for us, and then they're they're riding way too high the next week when they're hosting us. I wouldn't hate that. Just saying. I wouldn't either. Just saying. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get there. And we beat them the same way that Georgia Tech beat them. God, this is so fun. This is so much fun just being able to do this on, on October 10th. This is great. I did also love that you know we had a, I had a number of – Yesterday was Columbus Day. I didn't even know. Who cares? Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't care. Well, it's Louisville Day. Every day is Louisville Day. It's Brom Day. This, this is Brom World. There was a uh, somebody on Twitter yesterday. Uh, her name was uh, Valerie. She sent me a, a message and said, you know, it's Halloween time. I've got this UofL jersey door door decoration that I've had up since the start of the season. And she says it's, it's usually time to change the, the door decoration, but now I'm afraid to move the jersey because it's you know, we're 6-0. and And I said, you have to leave it up. You can put yeah. something over top of it. I but mean, you can't, but you, you have to at least leave it up. How is this not easy? You put a skeleton inside. You make it look like a skeleton's wearing the jersey. Halloween cards. Easy. This is yeah, a I mean, that's just an easy one, yeah. And then there were all these people that responded. 
Sarah said, I've been wearing the same UofL shirt since the first game. I had to wear it at a family reunion this weekend when everyone else was dressed up. Leslie said, my dogs wore their UofL bow ties for the first game, and I haven't taken them off since. No fall or Halloween bow ties for us. Christopher said, I'm still wearing the same shirt, shorts, and boxers since game one. Washed, of course. I had to add in a hoodie this weekend. I'm worried about what I will do when shorts won't cut it. I love that we're back to being in the crazy, superstitious, I'm thinking weird things, I'm a weird person now, fan mode. This is great. This is what we dreamed of. I don't like you washed them, but other than that, yeah, I'm good. you got to wash them. I've worn the same shirt, under under shirts, uh, every single game, but I have washed them. But see, I I haven't shaved like a bit. Usually it's trimmed yours. I haven't even done that. I didn't. It's why the offense played so bad against Uh, NC State. Yes. I've let it go since then. Yeah, you got to let that bush fly. That's what I'm doing. Easy. It's getting bad, too. You look great. Like you know, it's wild when I can see I can see the uh, I can see the hair in my peripheral vision. Like I'm playing, I was doing something last night. And I was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh crap, it's my beard." <laughs> Texas, uh, this is uh, TJ texted in. Said Trevor, you don't do anything. What would you need to borrow? Maybe their phone to place a DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like maybe Alice needs to borrow something. To, that's my yard guy. <laughs> I was so bad too because like, this is like the awkward moment. So on my street is not one but two people that do yard services. There's uh, the people at the end of my street who I've known a long time. He does like the yard service for like three other people on our street, and the people that, like literally live across the street from me does the yard service too. Yet like I don't I don't use either one of them, and like I see them all the time, and I'm like I have those awkward waves, but I feel like I'm like should I feel bad? <laughs> Like if you, I mean, you don't use an yard service, but if you like had someone lived on your street, you we didn't. do use a yard service now. Oh, you finally quit doing your yard yourself? I did it for the first couple of months, and then I had like a bad experience. Okay, and, and so it was do you use my guy? Did you get the mind guy's connection? Or did you no. find somebody? I didn't know you had a guy. Yeah, you know, I got I've, I handed him all the time. Uh, a couple of our listeners have used him. We have uh, two guys. They, they've done a great job. Okay, the good. Do they live on your street? No. Do you have somebody on your street that does yard service? Not that I know of. If you did and you don't use them, would you feel awkward seeing them? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Texas, <laughs> hey, Mike, could you go over the list of basketball recruits that were at the Notre Dame game? One of the best <laughs> atmospheres in the history of UofL. I'm sure they were all ready to sign on the dotted line. Don't don't, don't do that. Yeah, go find a Jody. Come on. Jody Dunley did that plenty of times. You can go find that. Well, no, he's joking because there were no basketball recruits. There. Oh. Well, it was a football game. What do you expect? Basketball recruits to be that. It's kind of like one of the big things that you have with recruiting. Texas says, the only thing that KP's press conference inspired me to do is use my free $200 from DraftKings to bet the under on the Louisville win total, whatever that number ends up being. Jeez, guys. I mean, like, this is why. I, I mean, I feel like we're going to have to be a no basketball zone, and we've got the red-white scrimmage tomorrow. I can't do this during football. kind of wish I could watch it. Uh, Texas says, Nolan Smith is literally doing the Michael Scott scene when he didn't get the corporate job but withdrew from consideration anyway. Yeah, God, he is. You know, I finally watched the finale the other day. Finale's great. They suck the land. It was a little weird, though. I was kind of lost. I was because so I'm texting my buddy. I'm like, "Wait, they fired Kevin and he left, and like Stanley quit." And he's like, "Well, they, he's like the finale starts like a, like a year, like it jumps a year or something." He right. says so. Like that's what it is. I was like, okay, because I was getting a little bit like it was still good. I still I liked it for someone who hadn't even watched the last you know five years of the season going into it, but. There was some confusion in some of the storylines. Texas says, if Nolan's story is true, then you definitely tell the players before you go. 
You tell them the same way we're working to get you players to the next level. I'm working to get myself to the next level. So you're aware I'm going to do an interview and it's nothing to be concerned about. I'm staying, but I could use the interview for practice down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. he's not wrong. Take our last break. When we come back, we'll get to as many texts as we can, and then we'll look ahead to tonight in the world of sports, both football, baseball, and whatever else is going on. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition here on 1450 and A bizarre selection of music today. Bizarre selection. The only way I can describe it. What's wrong with Sugar Ray? What's wrong with Sugar Ray? There's <laughs> a little bit wrong with Sugar Ray. <laughs> I was thinking Sugar Ray and the Cardboard Heroes because one of the my manager was like this and U2 CD and Richard Marks like the CDC played all the time. That's what we had to listen to. Quick shout out to the fifth ranked UFL field hockey team. They take care of business this yeah. weekend. They do what John Calipari refuses to do and go on the road and win in Bloomington. One nothing, fifth straight shutout for the U of L field hockey team. They improved to twelve and one on the season. They've won six straight games overall. Just getting it done, chasing a national title. Props to the ladies. We've got about uh, twenty minutes left here on the show. If you want to get your thoughts in, if you want to be heard before we per minute. we get out of here, hit us up at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, and then we'll do some previewing tonight. Uh, give you some bets to make maybe for tonight's football and baseball game. We got a loaded sports night. That's always good on a Tuesday. Texter says. Huge wrestling night today is tonight as well, Trevor. It is, yeah. There's a lot. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, NXT is bringing all the guns for uh, to try to win the ratings for, and they just might. Who knows? But I mean, they're bringing out Heyman and, and Cena, and Dave T's the Undertaker being there tonight, and a lot, a lot, a lot of big names to bring for a crowd that's just pretty much just friends and family in attendance anyway for NXT shows. But uh, the, the, they want the TV ratings, and AEW's going to be. I mean, they had to move it, so I'm sure they'll take a hit. Now, I just got an email like okay. 20 minutes ago that says, last chance to save on AEW at the KFC Yum Center. It's their birthday. It's the Yum Center's birthday today, and they want to celebrate it with a dynamite deal. Buy one, get one free. They left the word out there. That's okay. On all tickets to AEW Dynamite and Rampage with the code BOGO. Minimum of two tickets. I mean, you and me are going. You can get a ticket limit of eight. You buy know, one, get one free. I mean, I don't, Great need, deal. I don't need to buy eight tickets. I'm just buying the two that you and me are going to use. Take Khaleesi. No, I'm. You, you realize it's 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 three weeks from tomorrow. That's great. I'm not going to wrestling. <laughs> it's so adorable. You think you have a choice? I've already worked out. Mary said she's going to make you go. No, it's not happening. Oh yeah, we 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 have a deal. Texas says I was so happy to see two backs and jet motion along with the speed option adds a much needed dynamic to the run game. I mean, I liked you know we. I think there were a couple people after the NC State game that were wondering, what's up with the jet sweep? Why aren't we getting you – know, we brought receivers in motion a few times, but we never gave them the ball. We didn't do a whole lot of that, even that, in the second half. We did give it to Amari Huggins-Bruce, and it seemed to catch Notre Dame by surprise, and he ripped off like a 19-yard run, which was great. Yeah, we, I thought we did that really effectively. And once we kind of got them on their heels with a few plays like that, it really opened things up for Jawar. Like We were a, a much more versatile offense than we were – 
against NC State, which just didn't respect our traditional run game at all, and then we had no other option. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, real quick, Pitt is probably going to do the same thing or try to do the same thing that NC State did to us. The difference is I don't think that they have the same secondary. We, we, we have faced much better cornerbacks the last two weeks in NC State and Notre Dame than what Pitt has. Like Pitt's going to go all out. They bring blitzes pretty much constantly. They're going to try to shut down the run game. They're going to dare Jack Plummer to beat them deep. And I think the difference between this game and the last two is that we should have a pretty good chance of doing that. A better chance. A better chance. I mean, as long as Jack has some time to throw, Jamari Thrash is – Pitt hasn't faced a wide receiving group as talented as ours yet. Thrash should be able to whoop whoever they put on him. Uh, Kevin Coleman should be able to get loose. AHB should be able to get loose. Like, we should have guys running open all over the field as long as the offensive line holds up and Plummer is seeing the field correctly. It should be a good day for him. But they're going to go like I mean, they're going to go kamikaze style, like all in blitz. If you beat us, you beat us. But we're going to go for sacks and turnovers, and it's going to be on Louisville to take advantage of that. And unlike Sat, which I mean, Sat when he passes the ball, it's got to be twenty yards down the field or nothing. Brom will do that, but Brom also knows his playmakers that if I get it to him five yards out, they can make a five yard game pass, a twenty five yard gain. Yeah, you, did, sure. you didn't see that with Satterfield. Really. No. I mean, that's two two. But one. even Tutu, he just wanted to go deep with them. You're and right. I, and I get that. I mean, that. there's no reason not to, but I'm just saying it's – and also to the textures, happy to see – we've seen the jet motion. You can, I, I, I fail not to believe that Brom doesn't – he purposely did that without actually handing it to a back, knowing Notre Dame's going to watch that footage and be like, oh, well, we'll ignore it. I mean, there's there, there's a method that – I'm trust – that's, that's why you do the jet sweeps over and over and then don't hand it off to a guy. It's because you're waiting to catch him that one time you do. Texas, I want the best for these kids and, and not care about wins and losses. Cool. Then go on a TED Talk tour and let someone else play coach. It's painful. Texas that, says, that is the movie? No. Texas says, KP should give his version of a Dion speech and say, everybody should give us their best shot these next five or six years during this rebuild because after that we might be good. Maybe. Yeah, dude, KP cannot pull up a Dion humble, humble swag. Dion is the master of the humble swag. He's mastered it, and I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of it. I saw like one of these college football sites, uh, college football blue bloods, had their coach of the year rankings, and they've got Jeff Brom at three. They've got Dion at number one, and Brent Venables from Oklahoma at number two. Well, first of all, that's no. I understand they're having a better year, but the fact is they shouldn't have gone. Venables is the KP of football. Like they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have been six and ten or whatever they were last year, or six and seven or whatever. I mean that's. Just because he's actually doing what he's supposed to do at Oklahoma doesn't mean he's a good coach. I mean, they are. They, they did just beat Texas. Like he's he's not like, the one I would have more of an issue with is Dion. Like he's he's doing a good job. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, but are I we would, really going to give Coach of the Year to a guy that lost to you know Oregon by forty points? No, and I I would and I would I put him above Jeff at this point. I'm biased. So I'd say no, but I'd put him at two behind Jeff. I mean, I mean the fact they're four and two and they're still winning. I mean. But like who it was they, a bad Colorado team last year? It was they, they were terrible. I, again, like I yeah. think that they're good, but also like we put a lot of stock in them beating TCU because TCU just played the national title well, game. No. TCU's three and three, and they well, lost to West Virginia, who's not very good, and they lost at Iowa State, who's also not that good. So but, they haven't really beaten anybody. No, but if you're Colorado, I mean, if you go out and your only losses are you lose three games to you know your Oregon, maybe your you know USC, who they I think didn't they, they play this week or something? Or? They've already lost to USC. That's right. That's right. They, they lost this shootout. You're right. You're right. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then there's maybe the, you know, Oregon State. 
He only loses three, even four games. You go eight and four, that's pretty impressive in Colorado. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not impressive. Okay. He's done a hell of a job. I'm saying it's not coach of the year worthy. Um, I mean, it depends on who you're comparing it to, but yeah. I mean, it's well, not. Well, Jeff Brom. I think Brom's done a better job. If Brom wins 10 games, then yes, I think Brom should deserve it. More. Well, again, it's right now is what we're talking about. Yeah. At the six-point well, season, they've beaten nobody with a winning record. Colorado State, they should have lost to, and they got stomped badly by Oregon, and USC just can't play defense. Like, yeah, he's, he's done a good job, but it's not the best coaching job in the country, I think, I mean, I is agree. what I would say. Texter says, uh, enough KP talk. Thank you. Word around town is that Trevor carries a Backstreet Boys lunchbox. Such a trend center. Everyone knows Trevor is a sassy pants wizard, and they're all going to be jelly around him carrying stylish satchels like his. Please discuss. First of all, I have I have not had a lunchbox, and then if I do, it is the Return of the Jedi. I still have, and it's got some of my G.I. Joes in it. It's in the closet. Is that is that really what the lunchbox you had as a kid? Yeah, I had two. I had, I had Dukes of Hazard and had Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Love that you had a Dukes of Hazard. I had Dukes of Hazard. It was metal. Uh, and then my, <laughs> it was a metal mailbox, uh, mailbox uh, lunchbox, it was, and then a thermos in it. And then I had a, and I still have it. The, I don't have the Dukes of Hazard. I don't know where that went to. But I... This is the truth. I have a uh, my Return of the Jedi lunchbox that is uh, I still have it. It's it's filled almost to the brim with a lot of my old GI Joes and action figures that I just kind of I used to carry, that's why I carried around in when you know I wasn't you know wasn't using the Corona Corona sure. the Crown Royal bag. I Backstreet Boys no sorry Texters I just point you but you got to go back farther in the uh, in the in the generational gap for me on that. The only ones that I remember having, because I was young, and then when I went to well, lunchbox, when I went to Holy Trinity, you had to use like a sack lunch. You weren't yeah. allowed to bring a lunchbox. Damn Catholics! They, uh, <laughs> I remember I had a Transformers lunchbox, and then I had an Ultimate Warrior lunchbox. Those are the only two that I remember. See, I don't remember. I didn't take lunch to school like circa like fourth grade. Like I was a big bring from home guy. See, I was I, I wanted I, I was I was all into buying lunch at school because I wanted the school pizza, the mashed potatoes, the pizza. Like I was. And then when I got into sixth grade and you started having, like, you know, one day a week, you had, you know, your fast food places come in and stuff. And then it was all, yeah, I was never bring home. But my grandmother loved making lunches for me. She'd do the, this is, shows my age. Like, she'd go, like, when Arby's would have the five for five or ten for ten, she'd go and buy, like, 30 of them and, like, put them in the freezer. And then every day she'd take it out and move it to the fridge. And then there you go. go but, like, cold, like, it was not very good. <laughs> Texas, what went wrong with Strong? I can understand it not going right at Texas, but I thought he would have gotten his groove back somewhere else, but it just never worked out. Was the Louisville run just the right place at the right time? I think so. Hey, Him and Teddy, yeah. I totally agree with the Texas. Like, I saw the Texas failure coming. I was like, this is never going to work. Yeah, it's a terrible marriage. But when he went back to South Florida and had success immediately. The one year. Yeah. I was like, this, yeah, this is where he belongs. He can recruit better than they, they deserve in that area. Uh, you know, He's back home. Like he's, he's good. And then it just went horribly. I mean, the point highlight of his South Florida era might have been with the uh, the judge who was like stereotyping his players. I don't even remember that. You remember the clip of the judge is like, "I went to South Florida. It's ridiculous what you're doing there." And Tristan was like, "I just got here, dude." <laughs> it's like, it's like I, now that you say that, it kind of yeah. It was like a South Florida judge that was going off because because they had some issues under Willie Taggart before he got there. Uh, some players, you know. Kind of running amok a little bit. But I am shocked that they just he just never had success again as a head coach. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And the last time I saw him, he was on AEW show with, with Urban Meyer at Jacksonville. Texas says, why would Trevor go to El Mundo when El Mundo can come to Trevor? Wisest text I've ever heard in my life. El Mundo's great. Texas is a Muncie native with a family that has had Ball State football and basketball season tickets for over 40 years. Uh-oh. I resent your dismissal of our fan base, but I'll allow it because the vibes are currently too high. 
Also, it's my first year with the Louisville season tickets, and Ball State blows currently. They do blow currently. Ball State's football? Yeah, they play in the MAC. Mac. Oh, yeah, duh. I just remember them when my brother went away. It's like my brother Oliver was like my idol growing up. And when he went to Miami of Ohio his first year, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I, I can root for Miami of Ohio too. And they sucked. They lost like their first five games. <laughs> and they beat Ball State was their first win. I still always remember him. Like, in yeah. football or basketball? In football. <laughs> okay. So I was like, so my whole life I've been like, Ball State just sucks at everything. It's like, <laughs> sorry. Like, they're the bad Cardinals. I always think of Bonzi Wells and, and Debbie Letterman. Texas, I got the, I, I got the Ted reference. Trevor. Yeah, there's part of my peeps in the 9%. Texture says, Chris the Plumber says, look up Creed Shreds on YouTube. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I think that guy ended up doing like reality television, didn't he? The lead singer. Isn't his name Scott Strapping? Strap, right? Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, strapping young man or something. I think he ended up doing like, yeah, like uh, celebrity rehab or something. Well, that's not something that you like. <laughs> that's not really doing TV. That's just having TV forced upon you. Because of your issue. <laughs> celebrity rehab. <laughs> it's not really a choice you make. I guess it kind of is, but. Yeah, you choose to quit. It's not. It's not. Uh, no one likes a quitter, Mike. It's not like he was like doing like like hosting shows. Yeah, but he was. I think he was like he was like he was like Jesse Spano. He's like addicted to, like caffeine pills or something. It's like, dude, come on. Texas says, "What supernatural character slash creature would you want on our football team slash basketball team?" The Hulk. Uh, uh no, I, I, I want a basketball team. Uh, no doubt, about Team Wolf. Clearly, we know he can he can win basketball games. I'll take Team Wolf. I mean, Any yeah. Day of the week. I mean, but uh, but the uh, football. I mean, yeah. I guess like Hulk comes to mind. I mean, speaking of, of characters, and I know you're watching the show right now, but there's a house like a few streets over from us when we take family walks that has like these. They are legitimately terrifying. Like I don't know how much they cost, but like these huge animatronic, like scary <laughs> Halloween people. And at first, they, Virginia they put thought some money into it. Huh? Yeah, I mean, these are like high, like these. Look, they look like movie props, basically. And this year, they've got the demi gorgon from Stranger Things, like the full on nice. thing, and it's in their yard. And like the first year, I remember when Virginia was little, like she was all into creepy stuff and she loved it. And then last year, she was like, "I don't like that guy looking at me." Like, well, <laughs> demi gorgon's a little different than your average skeleton over I mean, there. I mean. The demi gorgon's like the least scary thing they've got there. Like they've got like this like really? guy in like a Joker outfit with this like zombie face. He like, takes his mask off. They've got a full-on alien. They've got Michael Myers, who looks like a real person. Like it is, it is creepy as hell, but I love it. Uh, but yeah, the Demigorgon was their addition for this year. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I love it. I can't imagine how much that costs, but it's nice. Texture says, "I'm glad Satterfield is gone, but at least give him credit for not breaking NCAA rules and having the decency to quit at the end of the season, unlike that scumbag Chris Mack, who wasn't man enough to clean up the mess he created and quit when things got hard." We fired him, didn't we? Well, he kind of—it was a, a mutual parting of ways. I'm not going to give Satterfield credit for I'm not giving him credit for anything. leaving for yeah. Cincinnati and flirting with South Carolina. I mean, sure, he did. I mean, sure I get, yeah, I guess he didn't break the rules. He also didn't like I'll give him credit for that. Break the win column either too often. I mean, we also for all the talk about, you know, U of L, I, I saw somebody was like somebody was going back through the old post that I made when when Satterfield left, I I tweeted out from what I've heard, it was one of those like Mike Sources days, like I would expect it to be Jeff, and I would expect it to be pretty quickly. And there were some bad takes in there for people who were like, he's Satterfield 2.0, like he's not good and all this. And then there were some Purdue fans that got in there and were like, why would he make a lateral move? And one who said, you know, why would he go and like give his soul away to a program that just breaks the rules constantly? And you go back, like football has never been on probation. No. It's very rarely had any issue with the NCAA. All of our issues have primarily just been – men's basketball over the years. 
And it's only been men's basketball. I think that's the pretty much the it. women's basketball teams had issues that I ever remember. So you do kind of feel bad that you know the, the whole athletic program gets sort of painted as this renegade program, especially football. When don't lump us in with those Martians. They've had nothing to do with it. Uh, Texture says Kentucky has. Uh, oh, this is angry guy. Kentucky has the top five guys in the twenty four class committed. Let Trevor know that. Um, they, they don't. But. They, and like what football or basketball or what we? I mean, rifle. Right, I was gonna say. I know they don't have the top five guys because I believe one of those top five guys is the receiver that's committed to Louisville, isn't it? Kentucky, in fact, has none of the top five players in the class of twenty twenty four committed to, uh, to them. Cooper Flag's the number one player in the world, and he's I think going to go to Duke uh, unless something crazy happens. I know he just visited UConn, but it sounds like it's UConn or Duke. The number two player is the the, the kid from Don Bosco, who apparently everyone thinks is going to go to Rutgers, and the number three player is already committed to Rutgers, which is shout out to Steve Peichel. He's getting it done up there somehow. New York City money. Uh, but, yeah, Kentucky has – I don't think they have anybody committed from the 24 class, do they? I don't know why I was thinking. Like, Or they got that Soto Ciro kid who's, like, number – some reason, my mind went to, like, in-state football recruiting. I don't know why. Oh, maybe that's what he's talking about. But even then, like I said, I think in, like, one of the top five guys in the 24 class receiver, Louisville locked up. We have the number one player in the class committed to us, the kid from North Hart. Yeah, he's a receiver, he's a receiver right? Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, knew, I, didn't re- last week. I didn't remember he was number one. I just knew he was up in the top five. And then I know Kentucky does have one, like the lineman that's supposed to be really good, I think. But still, I mean. Texas, well, the football recruit reviews sound a lot better than the basketball recruit reviews that are basically like, oh, yeah, Louisville and Kenny Payne. They're great, and they have a basketball program. Yeah. Texas says one SEC team and three ACC teams in that hypothetical playoff bracket sure is something. That'd be great. Blame Andy Staples. (laughs) (laughs) Texas says, I'm calling it Notre Dame will run all over USC. I hope so. Like I'm kind of rooting for. It. I mean, I want our win to look as good as it possibly can. I hope Notre Dame just like rolls everybody for the I rest mean, of the year. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's. I wouldn't say it's not a hot take, but I mean, USC has literally stopped no one. Texas says I'm laughing the hardest I have in a long time to the podcast bathroom story while already being in such a great mood was awesome. Had my dad listen, and he said he was in there during that and was also dying. You're so right about someone always holding court in there. And it's even better during a win. Cards fans are awesome. There's like 35 people that have, have have told me that they were in the bathroom during that time. I don't think there were that many people actually. I think some people are lying, but it was a great. The, the, the guy who actually said it uh, identified himself. I think his name is Dylan. Props to him. Oh, and he admitted to being drunk. I assume he didn't. But I mean, I, th- I don't think he had to. I think, I think every, I would li- everybody I mean, there knew what. Like Dylan was on a different level. Like I, I listen. I, I know like boundaries is not my best aspect either, along with a lot of things like math, but. Like even I know, like I'm not doing the bat, like the you know going up somewhere in the bathroom. Texas says Trevor, two more minutes of being interviewed about your yard service, please. What would you like to know? Texas says what's so ironic is Brahma said multiple times in pregame speeches, there's a winner and a loser, win the game, yet KP refuses to talk about wins. It's nuts. The messaging from the two programs is vastly different. There's no way around it. I think Brahm is very understanding of the fact that like. You know, we want to see effort. We want to love them up. We want the you know the, the culture, all that stuff. But like, we want to win bleeping games. And he you know, he he talks about like how much losing just destroys him. We don't really get any of that from Kenny Payne. Texas is not going to lie, Mike. After a one and eleven year coming in starting four and two, I'd have absolutely no problem with Dion winning Coach of the Year if the season ended today. Brahma done an awesome job, but we weren't awful last year, so it isn't as impressive as quadrupling the win total already. I mean, I I just I. I disagree. I mean, if you're, we were picked seventh in our own conference. We're top 14. We're undefeated. I just think it's a better job than B- 
beating four not great teams and, and losing to the only two good teams he played. Again, it's a he's done a great job. I'm not trying to understand. To understand I mean, it's like I said, I'd put him number two right now, right behind Brom. I mean, be there might there. be somebody that I'm not realizing, but I just feel like if 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 Joe Blow had done the exact same job at Colorado, people would not be calling for him for him to be the midseason coach of the year. I think they'd be like, he did a great job. Like he's he's the front runner for Pac-12 coach of the year, and he's done one of the ten best jobs in the country. I think this, the Dion effect has made it really obvious. Texas is Sophie's choice, CL Brown or Andrea Adelson. Who do I save? I love both CL and Andrea. They're I both great. Say both, yeah. Why, why, why do we have to only let one? I'm not killing one? either one of them. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Texture says, uh, in regards to the guy texting in with the shorts, keep wearing the shorts, dude. Wear some of those men's runner Raylon uh, tights under the shorts and wear boots with a double pair of thick socks, and I promise you'll be fine. I'll look for you on the party deck, and I promise to buy you a beer if I see you. From Ross. Go cards. I'm Go still cards. wearing shorts. By the way, Ross, how was the wedding? Oh, I hope Ross just tackled that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Ross like did something passive aggressive. Like he like he like hey like we're on the dance floor. We're getting crazy. Like I'm gonna dump a beer on your head. But he did it, like just angrily, just not a celebration. You see somebody like cheer for Notre Dame. He just takes out their knees from behind. I would. I would too. Texas, did you see your fellow USBWA colleague? I'm not in the USBWA anymore. I didn't. Play. I am. I didn't. What I'm on the board somehow still, but I don't pay. <laughs> so. I got an email today from him about like voting for the the Ray Guy Award for the football. Well, that's not. I know, but they're connected though. I know. He says, "Do they uh, do they not realize that Mark Few won't coach forever, and when he retires, they'll turn into Washington State about Gonzaga joining the Big 12. I don't know. I mean, they want. Never mind. I ran across the Family Guy. I mean, American Dad were. Barry went to Gonzaga. You brought that reference. I told you, yeah. He's yeah. Like, you know Coach Few is going to get the most out of it. It was the best part was he was going to his class, was taking him to Arizona State. He's like, he graduated valedictorian. He's like, I didn't make a class. He's like, you answered a, you answered a question. <laughs> All right, tonight, yeah, you mentioned that we got three college football games going on. Uh, Louisiana Tech, I mean, I said they're going to play every Tuesday now, apparently. I know they were playing last Tuesday. On the road, taking on Middle Tennessee State. These are two bad teams. Middle Tennessee is a three-point home favorite. I think Louisiana Tech has something. They've lost like 26 consecutive road games. I remember hearing them hearing that last week when they were playing Western Kentucky. Uh, who do you like here, TK? Uh, I like – what was the line in this one? MTSU minus three. They're one and five. Yeah, and, and LaTeX three and four. And I saw Middle Tennessee State play Jacksonville State last night, last week. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, I'm taking uh, LaTeX with the point. It went straight up. I'm taking LaTeX too. Straight ends tonight. Liberty yeah. – Unbeaten, three and zero in conference USA, five and zero overall on the road, taking on Jacksonville State, who's five and one and three and zero in CUSA. Liberty is a seven point road favorite. Uh, yeah, I like Jack State win this game straight up as well. So take the points. I think Jacksonville State with Rodriguez pulls off the upset tonight. Liberty wins. Liberty covers. Coastal Carolina, two and three on the road, taking on Scott Satterfield University, App State, three and two, one and zero in the Sun Belt. App is a five point home favorite. Uh, I'm taking App State in this game. Coastal Carolina is just they're they're. Their head coach is at Liberty. That's uh, the guy who left them and went to Liberty. So, I mean, that's Coast Carolina is not the same one. Grayson McCall should just bounce. The Tim Becks are not doing it. App State wins this game, and they cover. I got you. App wins, app covers. Uh, we've got uh, Astros are currently up on the Twins 5 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. And then tonight, 8-03 on Fox, the Orioles, kind of a must win. Well, it is a must win. There's no kind of about it. Must win game against the Rangers. Texas leads the series 2-0. They're back at home now in Arlington. Texas is a favorite in this game. Do the O's stay alive, your World Series pick? Baltimore, Baltimore. No, it's over for them. Wow, sweep. Texas puts it, puts them out of their mouth. I'm sorry, Johnny. I know you, you're upset, but you still got your Dolphins. And, hey, your Terps almost covered it. 
at Ohio State. I don't think they're going to win the series, but I think Baltimore wins tonight. Uh, regardless, everyone enjoy your Tuesday evening. We're back tomorrow for a little weird Wednesday here at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Go Kentucky Alice, only locally owned sports.